This episode of the Esoteric Order of Roleplayers is brought to you by the generosity of our backers on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash esotericrp to find out how you can become a backer too. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with all the latest news, and join our Discord community to chat with players and fellow listeners. The Esoteric Order broadcasts from Santa Fe, New Mexico. We recognize these episodes are produced on the traditional territory of the Tewa-speaking Pueblo peoples, and we acknowledge their community, their ancestors, their elders, both past and present, and future generations. Esoteric Order of Roleplayers present Killer Diller, a Vampire the Masquerade duet chronicle with Desiree Valdez as the storyteller. Since the last session, that you want to talk about? Uh, nothing on mic. Oh. <laughs> no. Did, um, we t- did, we, did we talk about things that I just forgot? No, I don't think we did, actually. We, we talked about some, some other things, but uh, mm. yeah, it's all good. Okay. No, I'm good. I, I'm just looking forward to to what's next, basically. All right. Yeah. Why is it that we have other things to talk about? Like, usually have a lot of stuff to talk about, like, before, before we start playing. <laughs> were, you, were you counting on that to eat into our time? <laughs> no. I just, <laughs> I just, I'm like, oh, you have nothing to share? I got nothing. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think, I mean, I think mostly, <laughs> maybe the other, uh, I think maybe, yeah, I don't know. Every chronicle's different. Yeah, exactly. But you're filling out your character sheets. I don't know. What are you doing? Well, I'm just taking notes on some of the mechanical uh, effects of my merits and flaws, which I didn't I didn't get around to. Mm-hmm. So as a former ghoul, for example, I'm at minus one difficulty on all social roles with neonates and minus one difficulty. What oh. is it? Minus one difficulty on all roles relating to vampiric knowledge. Because you think you think you know some stuff. I do know some stuff. 
because I was a ghoul, a ghoul, blah, blah. <laughs> was that the best thing that they could use to describe, like, someone who's, like, BFS with vampires, like a ghoul? Was that the best description? <laughs> what would you have gone with? I have no idea. Uh-huh. Well, I guess it's better than slave or servant or, like... Sure, you don't want that. Servant doesn't have the gra- gravity. Slave is, like, kind of... Uh, just a little bit. It's a problem. Problem. Yeah. And then, like, but a ghoul, I guess, is fine. Yep. Yeah, I guess they sound so. like they're followers. Mm-hmm. And they're dependent on blood if they get to that point, so... Yeah. I don't know. This is a riveting commentary on <laughs> the game. So... <laughs> So let's go ahead and try to get started here and kind of get into what's going on and uh-huh, uh-huh. what's happening in the game. Yep. So we last left Lucky where he was being introduced to, well, let's get some musica. Yes, please. Set the mood. <laughs> For the love of God. Uh, all right. All right. You, gotta, you, know, you gotta butter me up first. Okay. Okay. Let's get into it. So, we are like any good movie that's fun with like if you like that sort of thing, like movies. <laughs> fun movies. <laughs> I don't I don't care for fun movies. <laughs> I just mean like um any movie that has the conceit of jumping around in terms of time frames and we've talked about television shows doing that, you know. What is television though, really? What is it? Um, but in terms of <laughs> I don't know, a series. Uh-huh. Streaming, whatever it's called now. Um yes. A, str- a, a broadcast series. A broadcast series. A serial, <laughs> now if you on, are. Now on NBC. Yes. Um, they, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they jump around and they kind of, you know, and the film noir is very much about jumping around. And mm-hmm. so part of the inspiration for this chronicle is like film noir and those types of movies. And even though it's set earlier than the film noir period. Right. Um, it's still kind of taking kind of bits and pieces from those things of just remembering like how you got into this situation. Right. How right. did I get here? Right. Um, <laughs> yep. That's me. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um, I think with all of that, we, uh, we're going to be jumping around and, and we've done that before. We, we've kind of, it's kind of yeah. been sort of a, a style thing that we've done. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. So, but this is, I think our most jumpy Okay. It jumps around, you know. Okay. Um, and even if those digressions take the form of like a question, like what do you remember about your first interaction with X or Y or so, you know. Okay. So uh, there were a couple of loose ends that we really didn't get to tie up hmm. during the prelude that I want to get into, but I don't know if like we can just let that, we can just start, get the story kicked off mm-hmm. and then kind of... Mm-hmm. Then, do, do like a flashback or something. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, we've done that in the past where with other things, I mean, I don't want to like talk about it to death, but mm. just like we were trying to like, those things aren't always clear until you yes. start to really get to know the character. Like, exactly. I don't know where they're going to live. I don't right. But you said that your character was living, first it was living in, he was living in a boarding house. Yeah. And then after that, he has like this work office 
space, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. he has like a work living space there. He li- chooses to live in this office that he's renting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's permissible. I don't know if how protected that is. Like you feel safe there. Well, it's my so, domain. I, I, I put right. a dot into yes, it. That's so, right, that's right. Uh, so I do feel safe there. Okay. So maybe we can talk about, we can start at your home base. Okay. And then we can move our way out there. Perfect. And we can always go back to the night that you met Don Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Of and, course. Um, are you finding pieces of paper in a book? Yeah. What is that? What is it? Research. Far down. Determine. Um, okay. Interesting. Just some random sheet of notes I must have been using as a bookmark. Okay. Huh, okay. Go on. So I think what we're going to do... <laughs> it was bookmarked on demons, by the way. <laughs> I'm a demon. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we start... With yes. that. Why don't we start with your home base? Okay. And we can get back to the night that you met Don Sebastian for the first time. Mm. There may be, you know, things that come through, pieces mm-hmm. of that that come through mm-hmm. as you have your ex- more experiences with him. Okay. But we know that you were introduced to him as you would a prince because Los Angeles is, at this point in time, at least being overseen Mm. By the Camarilla. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the Camarilla think that they're overseeing Los Angeles. And so there are structures in place. And, and I would say at the beginning of the 1900s mm. is when there was like what you would consider all of that Camarilla wankery. Like, <laughs> I'm biased. I'm a biased uh, storyteller. Yeah, really? Whose uh, side am I supposed to be on here? Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm playing an in independent, so I don't really, I don't really care. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. The Camarilla, I have a I have a mixed opinion about that. Well, no, I hate the Sabbath and the Camarilla. Yeah, let's get, let's get your biases out on okay, the table let's just, here. We'll put it out there so people are aware. Yeah. If you're not already. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, no, I hate the Camarilla. I hate the Sabbath. Um, there's no point to them. Of course, they're totally fun to play with. Like, we're going to we're going to play within those those strictures, of yeah. course. But as an anarch slash independent at heart, mm. you know. That's kind of where my loyalties, that's where my loyalties lie. Mm-hmm. I think that the Camarilla have this more of a assimilative mindset of mm. like living within the mortal world. Right. And trying to do their best. Yes. They're still disgusting vampires. Yes, they're still and vampires, but. <laughs> the Sabbath are just straight up like, fuck you. We're going to take over. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're here to make your lives a living hell and we enjoy doing it. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, like I can see the merit. Like. <laughs> <laughs> what? Go on. I can see the merit in that. However, fuck it. It's a, still an organized structure. There's still going to be power plays. And right. If you listen to black or white. Or black and white. Black or white. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you want to listen to a Michael Jackson song, uh, well, there are well, probably better ones. But, you know, I'm not going to stand in your way. I don't even know the name. Oh, my goodness. Black and white. Yes. If you want to listen to black and white, you can see how we navigate through... Um, these different political systems. Mm-hmm. So for now, we are going to hone in on Los Angeles in the ni- early 1900s um, and how the Camarilla have been welcomed into this space. Mm. They are established as like there's a prince, mm-hmm. there's a sheriff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it though, because the rest of the positions and like whatever, not not that interesting to play in. I don't think. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> but we have we do have some primogens, but like primogenes, like how would you pronounce that? I've always gone with primogen, but primogen. then again, I also say Sabbat and Camarilla, which apparently are wrong as well. Look, so here's the dealio. It's probably pronounced, you know, Patrick. <laughs> That's made me think of SpongeBob. So yeah. the, <laughs> here's the deal. Uh-huh. Camarilla. We pronounce it Camarilla. Mm-hmm. I think because we're both. From, oh, let's see. I, I mean, we were we're children of the West, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You would think you'd be like Camarilla. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You'd think so. But <laughs> with all of the um, uh, Anglo, I'd say Anglo. Yeah. Mm. I don't know white. <laughs> people <laughs> settling into California, yeah. there's all of these Spanish surnames that are pronounced in an anglicized way. True. So, Camar- can't, like, for instance, like the city of, um, well, no, Camarillo. Yeah. No. Why, why are we pronouncing you're undermining, it? You're, you're undermining your own argument. Why were we? Why do we do that? <sighs> because, for some reason, all the kids who played vampire at my high school pronounced it that way. And that's La Crescenda, right? That's in, that's yeah, that's in Los Angeles. Super white. No, it's not super white. Super super Armenian. Armenian? Uh, <laughs> no, no. Here's the thing: you can pronounce it Camarilla. It sounds um, like diarrhea. That's like I think that's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> the The German pronunciation is Camarilla, obviously, uh, although it's spelled with a K. Um, oh yeah, right. But because um, otherwise it'd be Samaria. <laughs> they pronounce a C. Yeah, well, anyway, let's not get into it. Uh, but um, here's the thing. Like, the Camarilla, it was started... Who started it? Who started the Camarilla? Hardstadt. That's right, Hardstadt. Right? Hello. So, exactly. Yeah. And the Sabbath... Yeah, yeah, the Sabbath yeah, 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 I knew are, reason. Yeah, I'm like, there it is. Oh, we got there. <laughs> this is like got, old, old person reasoning. got excited. It is old person <laughs> we, have to, we have to re- retrace our steps. All right, the Sabbath came out of Spain. And yeah. but with the La Sombra and everything. Right. right. Uh, so, you know, if it was a Sabbath institution, then we could make an argument that it should be pronounced Camarilla. But yes, a fucking German started German it. German created Camarilla. Hello. So it's pronounced Camarilla. And then the whole Sabbat thing, I don't even want to get into I, I think that's just, I don't know what that is. I don't know where it came from. Again, we've talked about this repeatedly. It is a point of contention. Yes. But it's sad. It's it's the coming, it's the next culture war, basically. <laughs> don't joke. Please don't joke. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. It's, just, it's October, y'all. It's October. So. More like Rocktober, am I right? More Get like it. Cocktober. Oh, there we go. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Getting into it. Thankfully, with the Anarch movement, we don't have to worry about any pronunciation because it's Anarchs. So, Although that's supposed to be pronounced anarch, apparently, but anarch, 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 <laughs> the uh, the anarch, the anarch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like six hundred year old Simishi. <laughs> I'm just picturing the elder the, from what we do in the shadows. Yeah, pronouncing it like that. Yeah, anarch. anarch. All right. All right. So. What do you got? We're in the early 1900s. It's Los Angeles. All right. Pronounce it however you want. But the Camarilla. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay, okay. Camarilla Camarilla are overseeing Los Angeles currently. Correct. Okay. And so it's a Camarilla town. It is a Camarilla town. Okay. Uh, It's. As is all of California. As. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So 
Los Angeles is no different. I mean, it is very, it's a very young, in the scheme of things, it's a mm-hmm. very young city. Um, it's a city on the grow. grow. Mm-hmm. And the Camarilla have definitely infiltrated, I'll say. <laughs> They're definitely part of the part of the landscape for mm-hmm. for canite society. Mm-hmm. Like they were there from the jump. No. As were, far as canites. They were welcomed in. They were allowed oh. to be there. By whom? I don't know. Oh. oh. But they would they would pitch it as like we've been here from the start. They okay, yes. So the Apparently, they've already gotten to you. So the propaganda <laughs> the Camarilla is promoting uh-huh. is that they've been there from the beginning yep. and that they've been overseeing mm-hmm. the wheelings and dealings. Just trying to get in character. And they've been a part... It's not, that, it's not that Lucky would know anything about the you know the deep history of, of Vampire L.A. I wasn't getting into that. Yeah. I wasn't I'm just, I'm just saying that. like that's his understanding. His, uh, explain again. Say it again. Is that the Camarilla was... You know, like basically They've the first the first canites to arrive in Los Angeles were Camarilla. Yes. And therefore it's a Camarilla town. Yes. Yes. It's all they've always been there. Yes. Okay. So yeah. Whereas his connections with the uh, excuse me, one moment as oh, I consult oh. my diligent notes. notes. My yeah. diligent notes. Mm-hmm. Very gradually the sheet will fill up. I know. Uh so his uh, his associations with uh, with the Martinez syndicate, yes, if we if we want to call it that or something similar, um, basically uh, they're they're up from Mexico, yes, and they arrived afterwards. They arrived after the Camarilla had established themselves. They have, uh-huh. however, mm-hmm. they still have their branch in Mexico City. Now you know that based on interactions with Miguel and Hall and the whole family there. Mm. Miguel Angel, that the Sabbath is like definitely a problem mm-hmm. in Mexico. Like they have mm-hmm. to make sure the Martinez family does a lot to make sure that they're, they are protected. But you've never like it's not like they call upon the Camarilla to help them in any capacity. Right. Um, but they're having to walk, <laughs> walk the line when it comes to Sabbath nonsense there, you know, mm-hmm. and Miguel Angel's perspective on that is like, let them have it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm busy doing my stuff. Mm-hmm. As long as they're not encroaching on my ability to have my family thrive and be comfortable, I, I'm whatever. Like, I'm yeah. not, I don't have any, I don't care. Yeah. But to watch out. Yeah. Because as you know, as you've heard, and like over the years, like the La Sombra and the Shimishi, they're very much established in Mexico City. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely like... Mm-hmm. And in fact, um, during certain conversations and um, spending time with the Martinez family as an older, you know, as you've become established as a, as a canine now mm-hmm. and um, all that, like, you had a flashback because one night they were talking about, um, let me, they brought up. Uh, the White Widow. Right. La Vidua, wait, no, La Viuda Blanca. Uh-huh. The White Widow. Okay. And it's, um, a known, um, a known canine who traverses the streets, among other places, and she's all in white. And you remember back to when you were mm-hmm. a teenage kid walking through the alleyways late at night, and you were followed, and that's when Neftali... Yes. Like, hey, that's when you first met him. Right. Um, 
So yeah, so she, um, she just, yeah, she's just, she'll go out. I mean, she was probably looking to feed actually that night when you think back on it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of those nails against the the street, against the ground, like how long her arms were and mm-hmm. all in white she was mm-hmm. just moving, following you. So um, in terms of other canites um, in Mexico City, just you know who the factions are and where they are. Okay. In Los Angeles. So I have a connection there. You do. Mm-hmm. So looking back, though, um, the Camarilla really weren't around. But they are very much in Los Angeles. Mm. So knowing that, mm-hmm. there's the main players that you know. So the Prince, Don Sebastian, who you were introduced to. And we're definitely going to delve into, like, interactions with him because, mm-hmm. you know, he's the Prince of the city, mm-hmm. which means that what he says goes. Right, right. What's the wildest rumor that you heard about Don Sebastian when you, <laughs> after first meeting him, like, so you first met him in 1912. Yeah. And so let's say right now you are in your haven and we're thinking back on our, our long life at this point. Um, and we're thinking back maybe on that night that you had met him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I ask you, what's the wildest rumor that you heard about Don Sebastian? I ask you again, sir. <laughs> uh <laughs> So, okay, let me set the scene. Great. If you don't mind. No problem. All right. What year is it, by the way? Let's say we're starting in 1922. Okay. So it's been about 10 years Mm -hmm. since you were first introduced to the prince. Okay. You know the sheriff. Yep. Do we have have a name for the sheriff? Okay. Yeah. So her name is Florence Hugo. Florence Hugo. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. She is... Do we have an image for release? I do, um, but I can describe her. Please do. Start with that. So you first met Florence a couple years, like it was about a couple months, sorry, not years, a couple months after meeting Don Sebastian, Mm because once you were were brought into the fold by the prince, Mm -hmm. and we can go back to that night, because he wanted to see how lucky you actually were. (laughs) Wah. All right. (laughs) This is what you came here for. Yeah, I know. Ma'am, this is a vampire game. (laughs) It's like getting on a roller coaster. (laughs) There's always that moment where you're like, why did I get on this roller coaster? (laughs) Why am I here? (laughs) So, so yeah. So, so Florence Hugo is the sheriff of Los Angeles. Okay. She's the right hand of Don Sebastian. Mm -hmm. uh, And he has many, he has (laughs) many layers of, of, Canites and humans that, that that he drags around with him sure. at all times. He sure. um, he's, he's corrugated cardboard. He has many layers. Go on. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like a puff pastry. There you of go. The, of the vampire world. Is he a rough puff though? No. Oh, he's a full puff. He's full puff. Okay. Yeah. Oh. He's a standard intense. puff. Yeah. So Florence, um, and she's an enri- <clears throat> she's an enriched dough to go with his <laughs> puff pastry. So Florence Hugo is the sheriff. Yes, as you know, as you've learned over the years, that the sheriff's role is that of like the enforcer. So, yeah, what she does is she knows what the prince wants, and she makes sure that it happens. Mm-hmm. And you've found that over the years that there's, like, as you've gotten to know her, mm. um, she's very calm. Mm-hmm. She's super stable. 
Okay. So Florence Hugo is tall. She's like 5'11". Oh, okay. For wow. a woman. Nice. Very tall and thin. Very angular. Okay. Just looking for a bookmark. Keep going. <laughs> Do you want a piece of paper? I, I can give you a piece of paper. Let's do some ASMR for the kids. I'm just... Well, there you go. Mmm, I'm there. All right. And then, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll do this, too. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> Hold on. I'm just bookmarking my um, my blood magic section so that what? I don't have to constantly search for them. Oh my god! All right. I thought you have some little post-it notes for that. I do, and I'll and I'll mark up the book properly later. But I I'm glad I've that asked we asked you that question in the past. I'm glad that we actually you gave me some really good ones around I somewhere. Did. Yeah, I did. There right. they are. They're right behind me. Hold on. Oh, okay. Let us scoop. So Florence Hugo is. <laughs> there goes the goddamn floor. All right. <laughs> she's uh. Yeah. So she's five eleven. Okay. Very tall, very thin, very dark skin. Like she's darker than Wilma Hudson. Oh wow! Okay. Very dark. Okay. She her hair is basically like it's it's not not anything you've ever seen. It's mm. like a strange like the sides are shaved mm-hmm. and the top is very um she has very like springy curly hair. Okay. And it's very it's very even. Like it's like it almost looks square. Oh wow. like the mm. top of her head is square. Which is very odd to you. Like, mm-hmm. you've never seen anything like that before. Right. She wears these long, beautiful tailored suits. Okay. Um, she usually always has a cigarette. <laughs> okay. Um, which is very strange. Yeah. It's just like an eccentricity. No kidding. She, <laughs> it's one um, of those affectations. <laughs> she's very striking. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's very androgynous. Like, so when you see her, I mean, she's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. But also very handsome at the same time. Got it. So it's very like, hmm. Um, <clears throat> her voice is very commanding. Mm-hmm. Even more so. Like, like you've been around people who have all different, I mean, there's all different types. You've all different types of canines in terms of the way they speak. But she's like, like when she speaks, everyone's paying attention. Mm-hmm. Like whether they want to or not. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you feel, you see, you will see people just stopping mid sentence. Like she'll just come in the room and start talking. Right. Me. <clears throat> and uh, sorry, yeah, I'm a little, little, little uh, froggy today. Froggy today, little well. froggy. Yeah. And so she, but like when she talks, everyone stops. Even you can see, even the prince. Like, he's used to her being like that, you can mm-hmm, tell. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they've worked together for a while. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. like, it's even more so. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, he even, like, can't stop himself from just paying attention to her. Right, right. She has dark brown eyes. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's Florence. Okay. So I'll just remind you, I have the Lawman's friend, Merit. Would you like me to yeah, go remind into you that. of that? For whatever reason, maybe your winning smile or perhaps just your superb groveling technique, (laughs) the local sheriff in charge of discipline likes you. She's inclined to overlook your minor trespasses and let you in on things you're not supposed to know about. She even gives you warnings about occasional crackdowns and times when the higher-ups aren't feeling generous. Of course, abusing this connection might well turn a friendly vampire into an enemy, and the change may not be apparent until it's too late. Oh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so from the beginning, Florence has taken a shine to you. Mm-hmm. She likes you. She thinks you're funny. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know, are you well known for your joking... My sense of humor. Yeah. 
maybe like kind of a, a, a dark sense of humor, a dry mm-hmm. sense of humor, you know. So she yeah. appreciates that. Mm-hmm. And so she has sort of um, been a bit more, um, like a bit more welcoming mm-hmm. to you than other kindred have been. Okay. But like, since you have the sheriff on your side, yes. like a lot of people you notice like aren't fucking with you. Like right. people that, that may want to. Right. So over the years, and we're talking of the span between you meeting the prince and then going into your haven, like we're like where you're in your haven right now, mm-hmm. which we'll get to in just a moment. Of course. But um, there is like a primogen council mm-hmm. of kindred. And so the, the clans that are represented at this point in time are the Nosferatu, mm. uh, Toreador, okay. the Ventru, Mm-hmm. La Sombra. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what? Is that weird? Uh, wait, let's see. We had Toreador, Nosferatu, Ventru. Well, La Sombra or Sabbath clan. I know. So why would they be sitting on the Primogen Council? It's a Camarilla organization. That's a good question. Okay. I'm going to put a question mark next to that. And then the Shimashi. Okay. Now you're just getting ridiculous. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You're ridiculous. I'm putting a question mark and an exclamation point next to that one. <laughs> so, did you, so what are your thoughts on this? Like, what are your thoughts on on those people being part of the mix? Um, well, it certainly explains why in Thirteen Candles there were Lasombra and Simishi running around in L.A. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't really give a shit. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm not Camarilla. Right. Um, but I guess, I don't know why. Maybe it would just be normal to me since I've never lived in another Camarilla city before. Mm-hmm. So, and like I said, I'm not super interested in like politics of these sects, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you don't really always see, like, the council. Like, you'll see that they represent maybe the interests of those places, of mm-hmm. those people, those clans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's really not, um, like, any baronies or anything. Like, it's just Los no. Angeles. Right, yeah. And Don Sebastian is, that. that's He's all. the prince. What he says goes. Yeah. That's it. Sure. Having these other people nearby, you know, could it be, like... You know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Like, what's interesting? What's that all about? Interesting. Why would the prince have these people around? So these would be, well, okay. Sorry, that's fine. What? What's wrong? Well, no, I'm just, I'm trying to, as a player, sort out how that could work. But anyway, that's fine. I'll find out. Well, no, I want to hear about it. Well, it's just there are... Anti-tribu or anti-tribu? Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. And then, actually, when you said primogen council, <laughs> we were we were joking about how we're mispronouncing that as well. Uh-huh. I was like, the sudden like image of Michael Lee in black going primo yen, primo yen. <laughs> <laughs> the primogen or primo yen <laughs> council. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anti-tribute. Uh, yeah, yeah, those guys. Uh-huh. But those are all like 
people who have left the Camarilla, right? Mm. They're like, hey, I may be Toreador, but fuck the Camarilla. You right. know, I don't want to be associated with those guys. Right, right. And I'm going to go join the, the Sabbath, right? Right. Does it go the other way? Because of the blood bond, that's you know, question. that's a thing. The Baldry. And, the, and all that. Oh, yeah, not the blood bond, the, the Baldry. Oh, wait, wait, no, you actually said it correctly the first time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, um, I'm genuinely curious, um, what that, what, what's up with that? What up with that? Yeah. So cool. Cool. Um, so that was the primogen, the primogen council. Primogen council. Yeah. All right. Who else? (laughs) What what else is going on? Yeah, no, those are the only ones that you've been able to identify over time. Here's the thing. As we settle slowly. Because, because, wait, really quickly. Yes. I just want to say. Yeah. I feel stupid for, but, <laughs> um, I'm just thinking like, do you know what these clans are? Do you know how right. clans exist? So, so this is, this is when That's we get back, this is when we That's get back into these ideas. Yeah. Um, and so like I played my, you know, I showed my hand, unfortunately, but I'm just thinking about it now and I was like, oh, well your character doesn't know. Like mm. you might be privy to like maybe Toriadors and Nosferatu, honestly. True, true. I, I hear what you're saying. Like, you know, people aren't walking around with little name tags. I mean, and that, see, again, I'm still, like, enamored of this idea that you wouldn't know, like, what a person's clan is just by looking at them. I completely agree. I think the Primogen Council might be an exception, though. Exactly. It's almost like a party affiliation. It is. So it's like, you would kind of know. Right. And as far as knowing what these clans are, I might be an independent, but because I've, you know, as a former ghoul... Mm-hmm. First off, I actually get a you know bonus to know about vampiric lore mm-hmm. just right there. Mm-hmm. And I think as an independent, it would behoove me to know who all the different factions are because it would help me to navigate mm-hmm. more effectively yeah. between them. So over time, you've learned. Yeah. You know. I mean, I had a very... I mean, the, the interesting thing about this chronicle is that this is kind of the first time we are jumping in with a character who is well-established in the, the vampire world. Mm-hmm. Like, Charlotte was old, Mm -hmm. (laughs) technically, but she had been very sheltered Mm -hmm. for most of her own life. Mm -hmm. And so she she still didn't know a lot about Mm -hmm. how the outside world worked. But, you know, with Lucky, we have a character who, let's see here, um, has been embraced for um, 12 years at this point, but he was ghouled. 18 years before that. So he's been, he's been living that, you know, La Vida Noche for like 30 years, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he's, he's picked up on some stuff. I would think so. Yeah. I, I think we can err on the side of mm-hmm. him being knowledgeable. Now I was going to say as a player for myself, you talked about your biases, um, just to kind of circle back to that. So as I've mentioned, I believe before on mm. this very podcast, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but my introduction, my actual introduction to Vampire the Masquerade, outside of just knowing what it was, you know, knowing it by reputation, was GURPS Vampire the Masquerade. Yes. Which came out technically after second edition, but it was heavily, it was pretty much straight lifted from first edition. Mm-hmm. So it reflected a lot of like first edition mm-hmm. kind of world building. Right. You know? So there's a part of my brain that is still very much like keyed in on that. You know, 
And part of that is in first edition, you know, you only had the seven Camarilla clans Mm -hmm. and that's what was in GURPS Vampire. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) there's still this part of my brain, even though I've been running an Anarch campaign and that, that, you know, spoilers, uh, bled over into a Savit campaign, no pun intended. Um, you know, uh, even though I've been doing all that really like I came into the, the lore through the Camarilla, you know what I mean? So there's this part of me that's like, oh, yeah, the seven clans, they're Camarilla clans, and never never shall any other clan breach that bubble. You know what I mean? So, um, and I don't, I don't, uh, you know, all the Sabbath stuff and all the Anarch stuff, I've just kind of been kind of, like, absorbing on an as-needed basis. <laughs> Plus, it wasn't <laughs> going into, like, kid brain right. like the Camarilla stuff right, did, right, you right, know, right. When, when my brain was still soft and spongy and right, not, right. not calcified like well, a, not a like dried-out apricot, you know. A dried-out piece of gut chewing gum. Yeah, or, or that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so, anyway, that's that's why I'm like, you know. <laughs> but anyway, please carry on. <laughs> All right. So, I do have a soft spot for the Camarilla, though. I know you hate them with oh, the God. fire of a thousand They're suns. They're the worst. They're just hypocrites and nonsense. But because because they were because they were my first, you know, and like, you know, it's just like no, no, the Camarilla are the good guys, and they're the, you know, like they're the ones that they're not. You know, oh, okay. you should be um, playing as the default. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, are you? Are you marking up my personal file? Uh-huh. You're putting, I'm, I'm adding these. You're putting little notes in. Yeah. Difficult player. Yeah. Camarilla sympathizer. <laughs> Fuck. Here's the thing. You know me. Like, I play fast and loose with this stuff. Like, I know. Like, I don't really find it in any way mm-hmm. um, important um, in terms of... <laughs> I don't find any of this lore important. No, I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, like if you were going to, like, uh, talk about it, you would be including Malkavians, right? Mm-hmm. Be including Bruja, mm-hmm. um, Tremere, mm-hmm. you know, I hate, mm-hmm. and um, in addition to these other peeps. Mm-hmm. But they're strangely absent. Right. Well, and, and I understand that. I understand the Primogen Council doesn't always have a quorum of, like, every single clan. Yeah. And I feel like the whole anti-tribute thing, I think, like, I don't understand. I understand the Valdery blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But blood magic is interesting, complicated, and yeah. can change things very mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said... Mm. What? Okay. What? Well, let's let's you know let's let's carry on. Let's see. Do you have a problem with this? Are you not like buying into it? Is it hard to believe? I am. Because if it is, I I can modify. No, no, it's it's not that bad. It's not like ducks riding uh, toads or anything like that. Oh my god. <laughs> no, but be honest with me. Yeah, no, it, it was just it was surprising. It, it did it did shock me to hear that. But if you have an in-game reason for it, then I am curious. I'm definitely curious. Okay. So, we're thinking about all these people that are swirling around. You have your sheriff, you have the council, mm-hmm. you have the prince. These are all these different individuals that you're navigating. Mm-hmm. And so, at any given time, you may be asked to do something for the prince, or you know, you're being included in, in certain ways that you know means that you're part of this group, this larger group of canines who live in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And so. In terms of your wheelings and dealings with the prince, how are you seeing that 
take shape? Are you, do you like it when he calls upon you to work on things? Like what are the types of tasks that he wants you to work on? Hmm. You had a, you had a question earlier too. Like what's the wildest rumor I've heard, right? Exactly that too. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's as I'm lying in my haven, Mm -hmm. uh, thinking about things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. I hope I've made that clear. Yeah, you have. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just uh, picturing my haven right now, okay. trying to construct it in my mind. Okay. It falls into place. Mm-hmm. Little tiles. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just um, thinking about what would be the best. What would be the best um, way to protect myself from from the sun and from mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah. hostile people. Well, have you been attacked before? Like, have you I don't think so. No, not yeah. not in that way. Not mm-hmm. in my haven. Right. Uh, but you know, yeah, you never be too sure. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So you gotta be careful about these sorts of things. You do. Yeah, I mean, Wilma's told you like different things that she does to keep herself safe in her home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she has different rooms and different kind of uh, like trap doors and right. different things that she can utilize where she can easily access darkness right in the home okay but that's her home right you're living in like an office Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm so like a work living office area so what does it look like so it it looks (laughs) right so if uh if we had a little a little tracking shot Mm -hmm. down down a hallway past some other doors. These are all your classic, you know, uh, early 20th century office doors with the frosted glass and the transom windows. Mm -hmm. Probably like some linoleum on the floor, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, it's all the way down at the very end. Uh, the, The hall terminates in a window with a fire escape. And then to the left is a door. And so the door opens as the camera pushes through. Mm -hmm. And we enter into a medium-sized office, Mm -hmm. maybe about 30 by 40 feet. Mm -hmm. You know, not not capacious, not huge. Um, There are three large plate glass windows on the opposite wall, all of which have blinds pulled down. Mm Mm-hmm. The sun is setting, um, so the room is growing dim. And, um, yeah, it's just your classic kind of uh, PI's office, you know. Like a wooden desk, there's a wooden desk, swivel chair, lots of crap on top of the desk. (laughs) Like what? Uh, Just a lot of like papers and, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, notebooks and uh, inkwell with a pen. Is and, your name you know. on the door? Let's see. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Creatures of the night. <laughs> In the middle of the day. In the middle of the day. <laughs> I think. Okay. Hmm. Okay, I'm thinking of... <laughs> um, okay, 
So there's there is a logo mm-hmm. on the door that is a triangle. Okay. What? Inset. I thought you didn't want to play Tremere. You know what? It's a triangle inside of a circle. Oh my god. <laughs> That's not the Tremere <laughs> sign. Um, uh, are you sure about that? Pretty sure. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Oops, I accidentally played a Tremere. Let's see here. <laughs> Tremere. It's go? a square. Sorry. It's a square within a circle with a, a square. Yeah, and then there's like a triangle on the outside. Yeah, square yeah. inside a circle with a triangle on the outside. Oh, yeah. Looks very postmodern. Very uh <laughs> very stupid. Very stupid. Yeah, it's not one of my favorites. Okay. okay. So it is a triangle inside of a circle. Inside the triangle is a um is a uh like just a, a sort of generic face, like a man's face. Okay. With a um this is a little shout out, speaking of other clans, what? with a little third eye action going on. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. But the overall design looks very like kind of like out of some sort of theosophy manual, you know, okay. from like 1885, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, it just says, uh, you know, Berganza Detective Agency. Okay. And um, anyway, so that's on the door. Okay. And then, yeah, so you've got your, you got your classic big heavy oak desk weighed down by stacks of papers, file folders, notebooks, inkwells. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, There's a shaded lamp, uh, swinging, you know, a swivel chair. Um, Maybe, maybe a little leather wallet with a zipper Mm -hmm. around the side, like a doctor's syringe wallet, perhaps. Okay. Um, and then, yes, there are filing cabinets. Um, they are wooden. Mm-hmm. Um, Lips. the whole, the whole overall appearance of the place is, uh, you know, it looks like it was furnished in 1905, you know, oh, okay. so it's a bit, yeah. a bit old, old and musty, mm-hmm. you know. Um, no carpeting. Is it hardwood floor? Hardwood floor, yes. Mm-hmm. And there's a wash basin that's somewhat dusty and cobwebbed. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a uh, small, let's see, a 1922. Um, there is a mirror above the wash basin. It's got a medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. And anything else. It's pretty sparsely furnished, I think. Um, so overhead light sconce and also, yeah, like a floor lamp. Um, that's about it. No plants, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you have curtains over the, over the windows? No, just the blinds, the pull down blinds. Hmm. Um, so where do you stay? Okay. So as we, as the camera pushes into this office and we take it in, uh, the last rays of the sun disappear and the shades grow dark. Each shade has that same uh, symbol on it, you know, printed on it. 
And then from the um, so the it's like a three a three stack or three column uh, filing cabinet, right? Mm-hmm. There's three separate stacks of of cabinets. The bottom though begins to slide open all as one. Oh. So it's like a false front on uh-huh. the bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that just kind of slides out on some some well-oiled rollers. And then um, a, uh, a middle-aged man <laughs> looking kind of a little a little ragged, a little like uh, a little like what the cat dragged in, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, slowly uh, sits up out of the uh, out of the reclining posture mm-hmm. within, you know, like having to grab the side, and, like heave himself up, you know. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh, and then just kind of looks around, scratches the perpetual stubble uh-huh. on his face, and uh, blinks a little bit, and then clambers out and gives it a little a little kick, and it rolls right back in, you know. And then there's like a sound of a lock mechanism engaging. He's wearing, of course, high belted uh, <laughs> pants, <laughs> all right, um, and, a, and an undershirt. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I guess he's ahead of the curve since it happened one night, hasn't come out yet, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, heading over, there is another, there's one other door, which is to next to the wash basin, which is access to a closet, mm-hmm. uh, just a small little closet, but within which hang, you know, shirts, coats, ties, ties. There's a, how many hats do you have shelf for, yeah, I'm going to have to. You have to do some hat research, but uh, <laughs> I think like three, mm-hmm. you know. So dresses, puts on the shirt, coat, hat, you know. And uh, yeah, this whole time just thinking about thinking about that that rumor mm-hmm. that I heard recently. Recently about Don Sebastian, the wildest rumor. That I've yet to heard date. to yeah. date, because mm-hmm. uh, he is he is kind of a wild guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, this one, if true, yeah, would be quite a scandal. Oh, really? Oh, it was quite a scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, which is simply that he is funneling mm. that he's he's running a. Um, as they would call it at the time, a white slavery ring. What? Wow. <laughs> so this is a, um, you know, this is a term, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's, it's basically the idea of um, what we would nowadays call uh, sort of a combination between sex trafficking and, um, yeah. and uh, you know, enforced labor, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like kidnapping people and either putting them to work in brothels or putting them to work in... Um, Sweatshops, essentially, right, you know, right, right, or or getting them hooked on drugs and you know using that as leverage against them and that kind of thing. Right, so, right. Um, so he's running a white slavery ring, uh, but even worse is that he is um, funneling some of the people that he's having kidnapped into his own personal, you know, stable for use as uh, feeding vessels. Basically, oh my, who'd you mm-hmm. hear that from? Well, I don't know. I, I, uh, 
<laughs> we're still establishing things. But let's see here. I have three contacts. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Did we even establish who they are contacts for? Nope. Okay. So I have three contacts and I have, uh, of course, other people. But um, let's say I heard it from one of my contacts. Oh, okay. And um, let's say, let's use this opportunity to define that contact as being um, someone in the LAPD. You want an LAPD contact? I do. I'm okay. a private investigator. I need to, I need an in with the cops. No, I you know. know. No, no, no. I'm not saying you don't. I'm All just... right. All right. So he, he works in Vice. He's mm -hmm. an LAPD Vice cop, Vice detective. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, he, uh, he didn't, he didn't tell me explicitly, but he did say that there's been a wave of kidnappings amongst, uh, younger folk in some of the more affluent neighborhoods. Yeah. And, uh, and that a couple bodies have now been turning up out in the canyons and they've been, um, found, you know, exsanguinated. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm just putting two and two together. Okay. Like, oh, it's Don Sebastian and he's, he's, um, using some of them for food. Right. Okay, so that that person is um, that's like um, Officer Torres. Okay. Um, first name is Rafael. Okay. Wait. Oh no! <laughs> you did not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's um, uh, Raúl. Raúl. <laughs> And if you want to know why that's funny, watch On Cinema at the Cinema. <laughs> okay. Raul Torres. Um, so he's an officer there. And so he's, you know, you, you know him. You've met in a couple different instances. Mm -hmm. Your paths have crossed. Mm -hmm. um, he's definitely in your corner. Mm -hmm. um, definitely knows the true nature of things, mm. but definitely doesn't talk about it. Okay. So you heard that rumor from um, him mm -hmm. saying, this is what we found. This is what we're assuming is going on. Mm -hmm. So just letting you know that we know. It's not entirely clear to you, like, how many people in LAPD are really aware of the K-Knights, like, in the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a little uncertain. Or but... how much Don Sebastian is pulling the strings. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a couple of instances where you think that they know more than you realize, mm. but it's not entirely clear. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So, so you're thinking about that and you suddenly smell cigarette smoke. Oh shit. In your office. Yeah. As you turn from your getting dressed, right? Mm -hmm. You see Florence sitting in, one of the chairs and okay. you just see the, the flicker of the end of the cigarette, the brightly lit, um, you know, mm -hmm. end of the cigarette mm -hmm. as she in, quote inhales, right? <laughs> Pulls the smoke in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she says, so you've heard that, eh? And I said, uh, Oh, am I starting to talk to myself in my old age? <laughs> 
She just smiles. You can't really tell what the answer is yes or no. <laughs> so I just finish my finish doing my tie mm-hmm. and then walk over and flop down in the swivel chair as it squeaks extravagantly and I throw my feet up on the t- on the desk. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, what can I do for you, Sheriff? Oh, I just, I haven't seen you in a while, so I just wanted to check to see how you were doing. You really haven't come to any of our parties lately. No, you know me, I'm not much of a party guy. Oh, but it's not as much fun without you there. Mm-hmm. Well, you never invite me. So she flicks the ash into the ashtray on your desk. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have it there as a courtesy for exactly. people. Exactly, yeah. So she says, oh, I can leave now. I mean, unless if you're expecting clients to come in. No, no. Things have been a little slow lately, if I'm being honest. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder why. If you have any idea, I'd love to hear it. Mm. She just kind of looks out the window. Wait, have you opened up the windows? Like you've pulled the shades up? Yeah, I think I would have done that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she's just looking out the window. Um, maybe as you're talking, like you're mm. pulling the shades up before you sit down in your chair. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So she says, "Well, I can give you a case. We have some weird kind of mischief going on." Um, it's mostly canine related. Mortals kind of get into the mix from time to time, as you know, but this is a weird, something I'm not quite sure what's going on. Do tell. Well, as you know, we do have, um, a variety of canites in the city Mm -hmm. and I'm just not quite sure how many of them are dedicated to the prince mm-hmm. making sure that they are actually loyal to him and i don't have to tell you who they are i think you know who they are do i <laughs> all right so, so then so your mind your mind flicks to mm. um particularly a figure that you've seen from time to time mm-hmm And she goes by the name of Sister Bliss. Oh, my goodness. And she, um, she's very strange. (laughs) She's very odd. Um, She does wear, like, a nun's outfit at all times. (laughs) Okay. Anytime you see her at the parties, you know, you just see her there. She's very, um, very striking, but just Mm. also just... She is really scary looking. Mm-hmm. Like her presence is really creepy. Mm-hmm. And a couple times I think you've checked her aura. Oh, I don't have Auspects. Oh, I thought you did. Um, I thought you said you had Auspects. No, I have Dominate. You took that instead? It's not an instead. It's not even a not even a discipline for, for Giovanni. I could have sworn that you said you were taking Auspects. But... No, I got two in Dominate and two in Necromancy. Now I do have... Um, sepulchre path which allows me to see you know spirits and that kind of thing but it's not not quite the same i feel like i'm failing okay oh my god (laughs) it's not your job to remember every detail about my character that's my job yeah but i could have sworn you had aspects that's weird Hmm. no charlotte i know (laughs) 
Now, hold on. So, uh, wait, wait, oh. let me re... Go on. Oh, uh, just a question. When, you, when you're talking about parties, are you talking about Elysium? No. Oh, okay. No, no. Oh, these are just parties that Don Sebastian oh, yeah. throws? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, no, gotcha. no. There's different locations, different themes... Oh, Lord. Um, okay. They've made the news from time to time. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, they're, they run the gamut. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're in the canyon. Sometimes, like, different, like, they might be in Topanga Canyon, yeah. Laurel Canyon, like, Mulholland. You know, like, they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Beverly Hills, um, going out into the valley, like, to have, like, mm. a cowboy theme or whatever. Yeah, like, right. he, like, there, you know that he has these extravagant parties. Mm-hmm. So what I meant to say in terms of aspects, mm, mm. Florence takes another like drag quote from her cigarette. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just funny because you watch her do this. It's like she's just like pretending to do this. Right. Like, it's this thing that she just does. Right. Right. Um, it's like how I can pretend to be breathing. Right. If I want to fit in more mm-hmm. with other people. Yeah. Who are alive. Right. Right. <laughs> so she says, I've checked. I've checked her aura. From time to time. And it's very difficult to know what's going on in a given day. It runs the gamut from being like super aggressive to, you know, just hateful. Mm. Um, And she also just seems very like the colors shift constantly. Mm. And so when she's saying that, she realizes like you may not understand what that means. And she says, what I'm trying to say (laughs) is that she is carrying something with her that feels incongruous to her connection to us. Like she doesn't seem to want to um, participate in the ways that we need her to. Mm-hmm. We need someone to just run her off. We don't want her around anymore. She's not a necessary part of our council or the city. All right. So you want me to do your dirty work? She just smiles. What else do you do? Except the dirty work. Fair point. (laughs) (laughs) So she just laughs. She puts her cigarette out. So she looks at you. Can I entrust you to figure out what's going on with her and run her out of here? I'll look into it. You know that the prince can reward you generously. Yeah, I'm aware Whatever of that. you want, he can get. That's fine. I just, um, I'll do it. I just can't guarantee that uh, it's going to go down the way you'd prefer. What are you talking about? I need to find out some more information about this person. She's not really a person. Just think of it that way. And she stands up and she leaves. You hear her heels clicking down the hall. She's not wearing high heels, but just like her, uh-huh. you know, like uh, wingtips, you know. All right, Just yeah. click, click, click down the... Mm. She's gone. Cool. <laughs> I'll just be uh, meditating on the on the uh, scrunched up cigarette butt in the ashtray <laughs> as it smolders. Suddenly your radio... You have a radio, correct? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I want to force these things on you. No, that's fine. 
I'll take it. If you want to give me a radio, I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> uh, broadcast radio or like yes. a police band radio? Broadcast radio. Oh, you okay. probably have a police band radio, I'm sure. Yeah. Although I don't know. I don't know if they're using them at this point. I don't, I don't know. But yeah. anyway, anyway, there's yeah. a radio and it has like two or three stations, three or four stations on it, actually. Sure. Okay. Um, and so it just kind of flickers on. Mm. And you hear a voice of, um, it sounds like this woman that's in full sway hmm. of, of talking to a congregation oh, okay, saying they're out there. These demons are out there and they don't care who or what you believe in. They are very real and they are coming after you. And so that's why we need to be strong with Jesus. We need to understand our relationship with God in order to combat these demons. Hmm. They will suck the life out of you without giving any, any mind to any, anything that you say. They're stronger than you. They are bigger than you. And they will come for you. But what can save you is Jesus Christ. And so you hear the congregation mm-hmm. just getting really excited. Mm-hmm. And they're agreeing with her. Um, and so then suddenly there's some music going. And then there's like a fade out and... That was Reverend Agnes Cutler coming to you from First AME Church. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. I love it. And she, as you know, she broadcasts every night, Monday through Friday. You can see her, so they say when her services are on yeah. Sunday mornings, Saturday, mm-hmm. et cetera. I have services on Wednesday evenings, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into a commercial for some soap. <laughs> Some soap flakes. <laughs> I was literally thinking, like, what is this, Leon's mom? <laughs> All right. But she sounds very cogent. She sounds like she knows what she's talking about. She sounds like she has seen some shit. Yeah, I'm sure. She sounds like people believe her. Leon's grandma. Yeah. Leon's mom. Leon's grandma. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so I'll just I'll get up and like kind of bang the radio, like wall up the radio on the side and then turn it off, mm-hmm. you know. Like it's still kind this, of this, flick- thing's, this thing's always coming on. Yeah, it's kind of flickering off and on. I so. like you know I really like that actually, like a, a sentient radio that just comes mm-hmm. on at different times. Yep. Okay. So, so the evening, Sister Bliss. Amy. Yes. So it is a it is a Thursday night. Okay. It is September. It is 1922. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's not a lot of traffic outside. It's a pretty okay. still night. There's not really a whole lot of animal sounds, like you're in the city proper. Mm-hmm. So you're in the Bunker Hill area. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm looking out over this uh, urban landscape of... Uh, you know, buildings clustered very tightly packed together um, as they trace their way up and down these rather steep hills. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of them are these kind of um, already looking a little rundown, you know, sort of residential apartments. Really? They're mm-hmm. looking rundown already? Yeah, yeah. That's hmm. the world of darkness, you know. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just a little, a little frayed around the edges, mm-hmm. you know. Do you get mail at the office? Oh, sure. 
Okay. Yeah. What's your nightly routine usually? Well, let's see. Let's see where I'm stacked for blood points. I realize I did not get dice. Oh my god. I know it's pretty bad. I have my dice out. Oh well. Congratulations to you. Thank you. All right, you got your dice out. Good job. All right, had to turn that into a whole like tea ceremony level. Apparently. Uh, production. Okay, so let's see how I'm at, where I'm at for blood points. I have a blood pool twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, how, oh, wow. Sorry, how would you like me to uh, determine where I'm at? Well, it depends on what your nightly routine is like. Like, mm-hmm. what does your routine look like? I mean, I need to know that before I can like designate like how are you doing? Okay. <laughs> Oh, you know, I should have a herd. That's what I need. I need a herd of junkies that I feed off of. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, go on. I mean, hold on. I might have to change some dots around here. Oh, no. All right, what are you going to change? Change those dots. Change them around. That's right. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm going to take out one dot of generation. Okay. So I'll actually be 12th. Okay. And. Damn, that's. What? It's really flimsy. Oh, okay. Okay, Miss Diablery over here with your. Excuse me, wait, wait, Eighth wait, wait, level. Wait, eighth wait, eighth, wait, level, eighth wait, generation wait, vampire. Wait. I think it was seven. <laughs> But, but first of all, second of all, I was that was not a first choice. First of all, how dare you? First of all, how second. dare you? Second of all, forgetting the details wrong, and then also like it, he did what he needed to do. Mm. So don't start. You know that's what they always say. Oh my god! At the end of the day, right, you know. All right, so Come I put on. one dot in herd. Yep. So that gives me three vessels, three vessels. Yeah. And then, yeah, generation makes me 12th, which is 11 blood pool. Okay. All right. Still counts for something. Yeah. So how many? 11 blood pool. 11. So I think I don't, well, now I got to look at addiction. Hold on. Um, I can look it up too. I got it bookmarked here. Well, so do I. Oh, well, let's see who finds it first. Uh, uh, I'm not uh, trying to do that. I'm just trying to, like... <laughs> how do I find my highlights in... Uh... Highlights? Yeah. Like, I used to be able to just find every single thing I've highlighted before. Oh, really? And now I can't. That's unfortunate. Because I don't know how to use... Oh, I got it. Good. Oh, no. I nope. Don't, I don't got Never it. Never mind. Take it back. <gasps> Okay, addiction. You suffer from an addiction to a substance which must now be present in the blood you drink. I see. Okay. So I'm not... Yeah, okay, that's fine. Just uh, was wondering if it was like compelling me to drink more often, but it's not. So no. it's, still, it's still my choice of how often to drink. I just have to make sure that the substance is in the blood. Right. Okay, so... so how's your morphine supply looking? Uh, you know, I always keep that topped up. But do you? The pharmacist. The pharmacist was one of your contacts. Right? Oh, okay, yeah. Pharmacist. Raphael Torres. Oh my God. <laughs> George Bailey. Yeah. 
<laughs> Don't. So, um, um, let's see. I probably don't because I get so incapacitated by feeding mm-hmm. and it's such a goddamn production. Yeah, good job every time. Yep. <laughs> yep. I can't just can't just have it be normal. Nope. Can't just have those fangs pop out and nope. you know, sexy saxophone starts playing. Nope. <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> so because it's such a production, I probably I try not to push it too close to hunger level. Right. Which, uh, what was that? Humanity minus 10? Wasn't uh, that it? Yes. So that would be four. So I get hungry. I get hangry yes. at four mm-hmm. blood or less. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. So try not to get it too close to that. But at the same time, um, it's not like I'm out there every night. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I would say that as as I get down towards like half mm-hmm. so between five and six right you know that's yeah. what i'm gonna go out to feed okay so right. shall i roll yeah let's do it so 1d 10 yep any additional bonuses or yeah i'll give you a bonus because you're starting out so Aren't you you know, it's our first session yeah. so i'll give it a plus two okay good that way i won't be on one blood point. that's right <laughs> one blood point. that's right i don't want to handle that i don't feel like playing in that so no i don't want to do that oh look at that i rolled a 10 Ooh. So I'm actually at max blood. Wow. So how did you... So tell me about your last feeding session. Well, shit. Uh, so, so yeah. So as I indicated, I do have a herd of junkies yeah. that... Um, Can you figure out a different way to describe them? You know, I'm using like the... I'm using the, the terminology from the time period just to like kind of punch up that noir feeling. So, you know, it's like William S. Burroughs, you know? Okay. <laughs> Um, this is how I would think of them, you know. Right. That's rude. It is yeah, rude. Your character's kind of a shit on multiple levels. Yeah, yeah. You know. I get it. Yeah. No, it's I'm not <laughs> no judgment. I'm just acknowledging the reality. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, by all means, you know, we're Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're exploring on, we're exploring you, some interesting spaces. You have conflicted feelings about women and their roles and like if they're good or quote bad. Yeah. You have your not you have no problem using people who are, you know, dependent on drugs mm-hmm. to use as your blood supply. Correct. And then now you are then addicted to that substance as well. Yes, that's right. Um you are doing the dirty work of many, many different canines and humans alike. Yep. And you have been living with an organized crime syndicate since you were like 16 or 14 years old. Sounds about right. Yeah. So right on task. Absolutely. Look, if we're going to play a chronicle that's heavily influenced by noir, you know, we can't have any... It's got to be all shades of gray, man. We can't have any completely sympathetic protagonist here. I'm not... I'm not... No. So... But there is sympathy for people because you find out their weaknesses and then you can feel empathy. Indeed. We've already discussed a couple weaknesses here. Okay. So, um, that all being said... So you must said, have fed the night before. I think so, yeah. Okay, so how did that go down? What do you usually do? Uh, well, you know, this is maybe an opportunity the, for me to think about, mm-hmm. you know, like who these who these three people are. Right. They're probably all different, you mm-hmm. know, and I just kind of rotate between the three so that they mm-hmm. have a chance to... Renew their blood supply mm-hmm, right. and not get too strung out, mm-hmm. you know. 
Um, because honestly, if I usually wait until I'm at about five or six blood points, that's like I'm feeding every five days roughly. Mm -hmm. So that means I'm seeing each person on average twice a month. Mm -hmm. not that's not bad, bad but not that's bad. still pretty. That's kind of rough. Yeah, yeah. Depending yeah. on how much you take from them, like Ooh, that's yeah. not good. Ooh, no. Have any of your herd died before? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, probably once at my hand when I got a little carried away with the blood. And also just since I'm maintaining these people as addicts, you know, there's the inevitable overdoses that occur as well, either on their own or when I'm around. Okay. So I think that herd member number one. Okay. <laughs> Is a hmm, they work at a nightclub mm -hmm. and they are they are the uh you know torch song singer at this nightclub. Okay. And she had a promising career, mm -hmm. you know, before she got hooked on hooked on smack. Okay. I don't know. That's heroin, but whatever, <laughs> whatever morphine's called, uh, hooked on Lady M, and uh, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> okay, and uh, and so now she's kind of like slowly falling down the rungs of the uh, nightclub circuit. So this is kind of a dingy, seedy little bar nightclub, you know, maybe, um, yeah, just in a less affluent part of town, which I'm not sure in 1922 what that would be, mm -hmm. but less affluent part of, of LA. And, um, and yeah, so I just, you know, I'll pay her a visit from time to time, a couple months, a uh, couple times a month. Mm -hmm. See, because that way doesn't trigger my thirst for innocence. Oh, okay. You know, right. Got to keep thing. that on the, right. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that, by the way. Okay. Uh, again, if it's, if it's too much, I can change it. You know, if you, it well, makes you uncomfortable. Keep going. But um, I'm thinking, like, the way one could interpret it is, like, like you can have a high standard for what qualifies as innocence. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, as long as I can find a fault in somebody, then I'm that's not going to, like, you right. know, trigger that. Right. You know, so it's really only the situations where somebody appears to be completely faultless and perfect, quote unquote, mm -hmm. you know, like the Vaseline on the camera lens kind of right. thing, you know. Right. right. <laughs> Just rose tinted glasses. And exactly. All that. Yeah. Okay. So it might be contextual. It might be, mm -hmm. you know, like due to a misunderstanding or just projection, you know, we could even look at it since I tied it in with my, you know, teen romance yeah. With um, Paloma. Paloma. Mm -hmm. We could even look at it as a kind of a Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula situation mm -hmm. <laughs> where it's like if I see somebody who reminds me of Paloma mm -hmm. specifically mm -hmm. because that's my sort of like idealized, you know, person, mm -hmm. you know. So we could it's approach it from that direction. I mean, I don't, I guess I'm still trying to understand if for some reason it's just having, a, I'm having a hard time understanding like. I mean, I guess I kind of came to the conclusion that basically if you see anything that kind of triggers your, like, innocence button, mm -hmm. then you're like, oh, like, you're really compelled to, like... 
I you, have to make you, a self-control roll or yeah. else frenzy. Right. So you like you are experiencing like some bloodlust there and you're just like, "Oh my god." And then Yeah, you could look at it as bloodlust, but since it's you know, it's left it's it's literally just one sentence, so they leave it they really leave it open. Yeah, it's not very clear. Right. And so um it does say bloodlust. It says arouses in you a terrible bloodlust. Right. Roll self-control or else frenzy and attack the source of your hunger. Okay, so and yet, mm-hmm. you know, you have this kind of strange view on like innocence and like. Yeah, it's almost like it 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 uncorks so many emotions in me at once that I can't handle it. Right, and it triggers that frenzy. Yeah, because so you, know, you want to surround yourself with seedy people as much as possible, so you can kind of control your bloodlust. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Because I got it. actually, I I mid maxed my flaws. <laughs> Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> no, no, not in that way. Okay. I min-maxed my flaws in a way to screw myself over, apparently. Yeah, uh-huh. Because, that sounds right. Uh-uh. Because addiction... <laughs> right. Okay. It says... Um, what page is that? Oh, that is page 42. Okay. You suffer from an addiction to a substance, which must now be present in the blood you drink, or you automatically frenzy as per the prey exclusion flaw... So it's like I'm like doubling up my frenzy on that one because if I see something that triggers my self-control role for innocence, mm-hmm. fail that, I frenzy and attack the person. Right. And then drinking there, unless they were happened to be high on morphine at the time, which would make them not innocent. Right. But if <laughs> assuming they don't have any morphine in their system, uh, I then drink non-morphine blood, which then triggers frenzy again. So it's like double frenzy. So that's the point where I just hand my character sheet over to you and then sit here politely while you tell me what all the horrible things that happen. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So anyway. All right. <laughs> so did you just come to that realization? Like I did, actually, in this moment. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I screwed myself. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, double frenzy. Yep. Good job. Uh-huh. All right. This is what we're playing, and this is where we're going. So it's a game of personal horror. That's right. So yes. So how did you feed last night? I went down to this nightclub. Mm-hmm. I, you know, sat in the back, listened as she. She saw you. Sang her song. She saw me. I'm sure I always, she sings more than one song. I always make sure. Well, you know convention right you always come in on the last song okay. so that the audience doesn't have to sit around too long <laughs> and wait <laughs> i go through a whole set of like six songs yeah exactly all right <laughs> um but yeah no i just i always make sure she, she sees me as i walk in what is your little high sign like what do you do i just make sure that i walk through any available pool of light you know or like you know just kind of invisible i'm not trying to like sneak in or be sneaky in any way okay and I just have my usual spot at the back, knowing that afterwards, as she wraps up, she'll come over and take a seat next to me and mm-hmm. give me that look that says, I've been waiting for you. Oh, do you give her blood in return? No, she's not Wait, cool. What? Oh. She's not cool. I give her I give her morphine. I'm her pusher. I see. So yeah. Okay. So Yeah. So and then we, you know, we re- repair to a secluded spot, perhaps her dressing room, perhaps Well be specific. Well, I'm just I'm just saying, you know, this is the, the general thing. Uh-huh. Um 
See, there's all these things I you have to... You never bring her back to your office or anything? No, 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 no. Does, no, her, no, no. does her dressing room door lock? Like Sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so I need to research hats. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. And then I'm making notes to myself. Good. Research. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Research hats and then cars because I have an auto. An and automobile? Okay. I have an automobile. Mm-hmm. And for 19, early 1920s. So what I, what I would dearly love hmm. is if they made little two-door coupes with a rumble seat in the back because I just I love those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, then you may have one. Then, well, if they exist, I have to find that out. All right. But yeah, I, I probably drive this little two-door jalopy kind of thing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so sometimes we go out to the street and get in the car, you know, like. You get in the car and do it? Yeah. Where do you drive to? Oh, just out. I mean, it's a bad part of town, you know, like she can shoot up in the car Okay. And then I can feed off so of her. So what do you do? Like you watch her as you watch your your herd members do this as your is this like part of your like oh, yeah. enjoyment of it is Absolutely. watching them do this? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean I'm Do just, you ever know when too much is too much? I'm like, a, I'm as much of an addict as, as she is, so this is part of the, the routine, you right. know. Right. So it's you're like, you're just loving every detail of this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, I probably fill the syringe myself. Mm-hmm. And then hand it over. How did you she... make this arrangement? Like, how did you meet? How did you know that, like, she would want to do this? Well, you know, I think with all of my herd members, it was just kind of a, you know, sounding it out kind of thing. You know, yeah. maybe I looked for certain signs that mm-hmm. the person was, you know, want to have a good time, as they say, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, or maybe like another herd member is somebody who got addicted uh, from you know, a stay in the hospital, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, they were, they were being treated with morphine for some kind of chronic, you know, pain and they just got hooked on it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I mean, I have my pharmacist connection, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, Hey, who, who's ordering a lot of morphine, (laughs) you know? Right. So you just pay him a visit or like, how would that work? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much, you know, like maybe for the, for that person, it would be like, representing myself as um, working for the pharmacy, you know, and it's like, oh, I've got your monthly delivery, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, (laughs) and then from there, you're going to like, you would then like help them shoot up or like what? I would watch them do it. And Mm -hmm. then as they are slipping off into a soporific slumber, that's when I would make my move. Well, ideally they're not. Like ideally they're still a little cogent. Like ideally that's mm-hmm. not the amount of the amount that you would want them to have, but somehow Well, you know what I mean. The I mean, amount well as, no as I mean, they're becoming incapacitated from mm-hmm. from the morphine. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Because um, 'cause I'm just trying to I'm just trying to like wrap my head around like how a person would explain this to themselves, like mm-hmm, allowing this mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah. You have dominate, correct? I do. So, so what do you do? Do you, does that help to cover your tracks as well? Hell yeah. By the way, I'm going to move, <laughs> I'm going to move a dot out of finance into science. Since you asked how I can make sure these people don't overdose. There you go. That's how I do it. So let's, I'm really let's... giving you just one more dot. Just, <laughs> to help you no no that's fine it's, i don't i don't need finance uh, you know the character is is uh taking shape before our very eyes so obviously he's a bit more of a 
a bit more of the hired muscle kind of side of things. Well, he's smart, though. He's like a detective. So. Sure, but, you know, he's he's the kind of detective who will take somebody's money to go beat somebody up. Right. <laughs> you know, so. Okay. So, yeah, I have, uh, I have Mesmerize. Mm-hmm. With this power, a vampire can verbally implant a false thought or hypnotic suggestion in the subject's subconscious mind. Um, so that might be another way to, to pull these people in. Okay. What I really need, though, is three dots for the forgetful mind. Oops. That's where I can... But it's good that they don't forget because they might have a good feeling. That's true because they... then I don't have to, like, redo it every single time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... But I think with Mesmerize... I'm just basically what I'm doing is I'm just using that on them to put them in, put them even further at ease. And um, what are you making it out to be? Is it like a romantic situation? Is it just like you're super calm and relaxed and like I'm here to help you? Yeah, kind of it's, I'm, I'm more of like a, you know, either official or unofficial dealer. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like if I'm coming representing the pharmacy, then it's like, oh, hi, I'm just the guy from the pharmacy. For the hospital, for the former for yeah, the chronic pain person. The chronic pain person. But then if it's like this, you know, songbird, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, he's just my guy who brings mm-hmm. my, you know, mm-hmm. brings my sweet, sweet candy around or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. You're not romantically involved or sexually involved or whatever. No, no. It's it's just huh. purely a, it, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a sensual uh, experience, you know, because of the... Of the uh, shooting up part, and are you still a virgin? Define virgin. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm thinking about it, Maybe. and I'm like, and I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe, yeah. You were very busy. Like <laughs> I was a busy guy. It's true. <laughs> did you? I mean, you saw all these different things happening, but did you? I ever... got it. I got it. What? I've got it. <laughs> what VD? I've got VD and then some. No. um, (laughs) Okay. I think of myself as a virgin still, even though I have had sex. With who? Prostitutes. Oh. That doesn't count. Uh, Oh, my God. By the way, I mean, I feel like we need to put... I think We, we to need put, to put a content warning on this, this shit. This is a major content trigger warning. Absolutely. Um, on yeah. a couple levels, but yeah. the the opinions expressed by your character are not... Oh, God, no. ...the reflections of, of this establishment. No, no, no. no at no. all. Like, no. in terms of sex work and that. Absolutely. I, I wrote Berlin the Wicked City. Come I, on, people. <laughs> all right, so... Okay, so, so you've justified it. So Lucky has justified it in his mind mm-hmm. that even though he's had sex with some prostitutes, I'm thinking not a lot. Though. Not a lot. I think it's more like when he was in his 20s and he was working for the Martinez syndicate. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those things like, hey, kid. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, it was like, we're going to go get you laid. You know, that right. kind of thing. And okay. it's like, you know, go to the Mar- one of the Martinez-owned brothels and right. get a freebie, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And it was just like, okay. And then it was like, okay, I did that. And maybe mm-hmm. like, yeah, a couple other times during mm-hmm. parties or whatever. But like, yeah, it was, I don't, yeah, he's he's not exactly asexual. No. Uh, he's certainly not aromantic. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, he's just, yeah, he's never really, it's it's, it's kind of like, um, well, I, you know, you don't want to be with me kind of thing. You yeah. know, like I'm, I am constitutionally incapable of having a real relationship with anybody, mm-hmm. you know. How do you know that? That's just my opinion of myself, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a self-fulfilling prophecy or not, you know, it's a whole other issue. What are you afraid so. of? Oh, definitely, like, uh, commitment. And there's also just the torch carrying for Paloma. You know, it's just like, well, she was the she was the one, you know. Mm. If, you know, 
that didn't work out, so I might as well not even try anymore. Okay. You know. All right. All right. So it's the third herd person. The third herd. Mm-hmm. You heard. Um, let's okay. see. <laughs> so we've got we've got the songbird. Mm-hmm. We'll give them all names eventually. You will. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, and then we've got chronic pain. I'm picturing this is like a World War One veteran. Ooh, I like it. That's disturbing. Mm-hmm. And how about how about the third person being? Somebody who you wouldn't really think of normally. Like they have a secret, a secret habit. Well, it's a doctor. Exactly. There we go. Or a nurse. Yeah, a doctor's fine. All right. So there we go. Okay. So the night before you spent time with Lorraine. Lorraine, okay. <laughs> the songbird, right? Uh-huh. Um, and just out in the friggin' street, like some kind of animal, you are just watching her shoot up with morphine. Mm -hmm. And then once she starts to kind of get way more relaxed, you, what do you do? Uh, well, at that point, you know, as, as her head's kind of lolling around, that's when the fangs come out and I go in for the old jugular and, you know... She, I'm thinking like the bite is so painful mm -hmm. that even under the influence of morphine, she still starts a little bit, sucks her breath in, mm -hmm. but then the drug overwhelms the pain, dull, you know, dulls the nerves, mm -hmm. and uh, and she just leans back as I, as I, uh, you know, drain some blood. Um, it's not. It's not that kind of like quasi erotic experience, right, though. Right, right. Even right. under morphine, mm -hmm. it's it's almost like it's almost like giving blood. You know, it's, it's just kind of like, you know, like she's kind of her eyes are rolling a little bit, you know, and I'm just very like sort of mechanically <clears throat> pulling the blood out, but um, but at the same time feeling the, the that effect then of of the morphine. So what do you do? Do you start getting more sluggish and then? Oh, you... definitely, yeah. I Are mean, you able to close the wounds in time? Like, oh yeah, I mean, you just you just lick them shut, right? So yeah. mm -hmm. you know, it's pretty pretty straightforward. But let's see here. Um, substance always impairs you in some fashion. See poisons and drugs in three hundred one. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we go to that page. Okay. So, so basically, it says that. The vampire subtract, subtracts two from dexterity and all ability dice rolls for 10 minus, minus stamina. stamina minutes. Experience yeah. a dreamlike state for 12 minus stamina, stamina hours. hours. Jesus. So that's 10 hours. So. So I think, yeah, like at certain times I need to, um, I need to make sure that we're doing this indoors because yeah. like this would take me through to sunrise. Right. So you're not. So let's say that. But then what is, where does she go? Well, I mean, if I'm just leaving her in her dressing room, for example. So you do it in the dressing room, and then you, how do you manage to get yourself home? I think that there are times where... Your dexterity's <laughs> fucked. That's driving, so... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's see, what do I have in drive? Yeah, my... 
<laughs> my drive pool is normally three dice, so it'd be one one die. Um, so I think that I, I do think though that there are times where it's like if I feed on her in the car, and then she just kind of you know alights from the car, giggling and and weaving away, you know, to go off and sit in her little you know dream. I just fire up the car and, and you know, my car kind of, just kind of like weaves off down the road, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, eh, you know, so that's why like when I was waking up this morning or this, uh-huh. this evening rather, uh-huh. you know, I was like kind of grabbing the side of the, the filing cabinet and like hoist myself out, you yeah. know, like. And the whole oh. time Florence is just watching you. <laughs> yeah. Like... yeah. <laughs> she was there the whole time. Yeah. She's just sitting there. That's probably why you also didn't notice her right away. Exactly. Yeah. And then she's like, he's not going to notice me until he smells smoke. So right. <laughs> like the cigarette. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Jesus. It's a day in the life. Oh my God. Okay. See, I'm making Aaron Evans look better by the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you wanted to run a noir chronicle. I'm giving you noir. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Okay. Like, I don't know if you're no, thinking, I, am I complaining? No, or? you're not complaining. You're okay. just like, oh my God. I know. Cause I'm just like amazed. So that means I'm bringing it. You are bringing it. <laughs> Maybe getting some points later. Oh, sweet. All right. So. What are your main motivations? <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to give you experience points, but mm, maybe I will. I think I'll keep him. So, <laughs> I think I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. So what are your primary motiva- motivations in life right now, in your own life? Mm, where do I see myself five years from now? No, not that. <laughs> Hashtag goals. Um, okay, so <laughs> taking back the experience points. Mm-hmm. They're already taken back. God damn it. Okay, so... What are my goals? What are my yeah, primary what are your goals? Motivations? What are my what, motivations? motivations? Do you want to do some story goals? Do you do you think that would be helpful for this? Yeah, there's actually a goal section right here. So, uh, what are you talking about on here? What does on that my mean? deluxe six-page character sheet that has every single thing I could possibly want except for space for contacts. <laughs> Makes zero sense. Okay, what motivates your? What motivates Lucky? Motivations, huh? Yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm, I know. That's why I asked. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never thought of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think survival would be the motivation. Why do you want to survive? What drives you? So what drives me is knowing what waits for me on the other side. Ooh. So all of your necromantic uh, adventures, what do you think waits for you on the other side? Um from everything I can gather, not, not a lot of good things. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. You know, it seems like most, most spirits, most wraiths, if you will, mm-hmm. are pretty unhappy. Yeah. And then some of them, uh, over time will disappear, never to be heard from again. Ooh. So. That's chilling. Mm-hmm. Now, I think being a good Catholic boy. Yeah. Growing up. Mm-hmm. Perhaps my personal theory on this is that the spirits that I can communicate with are those who are trapped in purgatory. Ah. And that the ones who disappear are going Hmm. one way or the other. Mm -hmm. But my, you know, personal belief is that as a member of the undead who didn't exactly live the most virtuous life while they were alive. Right. Uh, I am I am damned for sure. 
Right. I'm definitely going to hell. So I'd really right. rather not, you know, I'd really rather continue this uh, existence as long as possible and not go off and be, you know, subjected to purgatory and then go to hell to say nothing of the fact, <laughs> right. to say nothing of the fact that I know for certain, even beyond any sort of philosophical stance, that as a wraith, um, I can be bound, I can be manipulated, I can be enslaved. I'm thinking that's a big motivator for not wanting to yeah. Um, yeah. die. It's it's almost like a sense of displaced, um, guilty conscience. That's yeah. where my conscience lives. Right. Is in this notion of what can happen, what what necromancers can do to wraiths, basically. Very true. Yeah. Very true. So but that's disturbing. It is. Like it'd be like, no thanks. Like yeah, I don't, exactly. I don't want to. No. No. Damn. Because I'm I'm not entirely sure that were I to become a wraith, were I to die and transcend and become a wraith, that I wouldn't just be immediately targeted by some of my own, you know, criminal buddies, basically. That's right. Yeah. Because they know they know me. They know what I look like. They can call me up. Yeah. And then be like, okay, you know, get in this tiny little model coffin. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know? There you go. Yeah. We're going to bind you in here and then use you oh, as a source of power. That's disturbing. So that's creepy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Huh. No relief. No respite from the creepiness. So you just have to keep moving forward. Like you can't that's right. I, afford that's... to die. You can't afford to yeah. get a final death. Yeah. Because it won't really be final. Yeah. Because you know that. I'm, I'm definitely not the ennui-soaked vampire who's like, is this eternal torment worth it? <laughs> you know, like, no. No, it's like, I. in fact, I probably willingly signed on to be a vampire <laughs> because I'm like, I cannot die. I'm terrified of death. Oh. I don't like death. I don't like loss, oh, you know. Right, right. So, yeah. Okay. So you're thinking about all this as you oh, are. But I should have some story goals. Yeah. So you're thinking about this as. Oh, as I'm listing my story goals. <laughs> hey, please run this. Go ahead. So you're thinking about all of this as you as you're looking out the window uh-huh. of what the night holds for you mm-hmm. and what you want to get done because mm-hmm. Florence has laid this before you some opportunity to work on some stuff mm-hmm. it's a job essentially mm-hmm. among mm-hmm. other things so okay. with that being said what are your story goals okay so I want to run Sister Bliss out of town. Mm-hmm. Okay, done. Um, second story goal. Hmm. I can always fill these in, right, as as we go. Well, yeah, there's not a lot that you know very much about the world yet, but um Yeah. I feel like it should be something tied in with Don Sebastian. Mm. You might get opportunities later, so you can just put Don Sebastian. Yeah. Uh, Don Sebastian. And then what's the third one? Question mark. Third one. We'll see. We haven't really, not really gotten to one of my other flaws yet. What is that? That would be (laughs) sleeping with the enemy. Uh Uh-huh. Is there anything there? 
So I'm just going to leave that open. Okay. <laughs> and maybe something will present itself with that angle. All right. So <clears throat> I do have this new job uh-huh. with Sister Bliss. So let's hop to it. Are you checking your mail? Oh, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you know, got one of those little... Those little baskets in the door so that when the mail comes into the slot, it just goes into the basket. It's pretty cool. I'll head over and uh, get the mail out of there. Right, okay. Yeah. You're flipping through it, and then there is... <laughs> bills, bills. <laughs> Throw them in the trash. Yeah. Um... <laughs> when I was a kid, first of all, I never understood why adults only ever got bills in the mail. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how many bills can you possibly have? Right. And then, like, yeah, in the movies where, you know, the the down-on-his-luck private eye or whatever would be like, mm, bills, and then throw them in the trash. I'd be like, well, you have to pay those, though. <laughs> First of all, you're getting way too many bills. Secondly, <laughs> you should pay them. <laughs> anyway, go on. All right. So as you're sifting through your mail, you see this beautiful envelope. Okay. Which is addressed to you. Okay. And does it look the, like an invitation thing? It does thing? look like an okay. invitation, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you turn it over and there's a black wax seal over it. Mm-hmm. And it says, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, the thing about running games is you realize... <laughs> Something sounds good on paper and then you have to actually say it out loud. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. <laughs> That's one part of it. This isn't it. Okay. But it's like... I love it. Okay, this is great. Actually, no, I'm doing it on purpose. Never mind. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Good. Good. Go forward without shame. <laughs> so so it is a black wax seal, and it says DS. DS? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> we've, we've done so well with initials in the past. <laughs> <laughs> is this Aaron's mom? <laughs> <laughs> what? No, I don't know. What are you talking about? Do you remember the time when it was like, this is from CR? And I was like, I don't know who the hell that is. And then I realized who it was. Oh, right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I assume I I know as as my character. You may, you may not. Okay. All right. Uh, I will break the seal and I will open the envelope. Okay. That says, you are cordially invited by... Um... (laughs) Spit it out. <laughs> You're cordially invited by the Drazzle Sisters <laughs> to a party. I love it. Um, at the Biltmore in Beverly Hills on September 16th, 1922, 10 o'clock p.m. Okay. Come as you are. Hmm. And then there's like a little bat, a little black bat at the bottom. So it's like this beautiful ivory, creamy yeah. um, paper. Okay. And then a little bat. And then the DS is at the top as well. Of course. May have been Don Sebastian. <laughs> also oh, I gotcha. the Drazzle Sisters. Okay, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, right, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. And do I know who the Drazzle sisters are? Oh, yes. Okay. You do. <laughs> Please um, illuminate me. <laughs> it's Abra and Zita Drazzle. Ooh. And they throw many parties. Um, in addition to Don Sebastian, they'll sometimes do party collaborations <laughs> mm-hmm. where they will throw parties together. 
these like elaborate masquerades or just they'll have different party games and scavenger hunts and all different types of chaos and Mm. faffery um, (laughs) (laughs) and fuckery. Um, Mm -hmm. And so again, mortals and mortals and canines alike are usually invited. Mm. So they're having one of their just, you know, every other month, massive party. Cool. Yeah, usually there's more of a theme attached to these invites, but this one's fairly vague. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know, it's September. They'll do their big Halloween bash next month, you know. <laughs> exactly. All right. This is a pre-party. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just a warm-up. A pre-party party. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've been invited. It's whether or not you want to go, it's up to you. Uh, how How long is that from now? It's the 16th. How many days till then? Oh, it's the same day. Oh, it's tonight? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Let me yeah. give a guy notice. Um, yeah, no, that's fine. I'll go. You don't have to. No. No, I'll, I'll oh suffer through it. <laughs> oh, my God. You don't have to go. I'm like, going. Maybe I'll see Sister Bliss there. Oh, maybe, maybe she'll show up. Maybe she will be there. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you've seen her before. Mm-hmm. So what are the other things that you remember about Sister Bliss? Well, that's a that's an excellent question, and I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you can't story game me too much here because what? I'm gonna Excuse I'm gonna turn this into a dice roll. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> All right. Um, so, how about intelligence plus investigation to yeah. recall details? Let's do that. Okay. Yeah, I need a character sheet in front of me. Like, I don't. I'm this sorry. Isn't I... even funny. What? <laughs> you need a character sheet in front of you because it isn't even funny. No, it's. Stupid. All right. Um, okay. Cool. Difficulty, madam. Uh, I will say based on you know vampire lore, right? I do. So that is that takes a bit of the difficulty away. It does. Um, so I'll say difficulty five. Perfect. And remember, there's a handy little table on your GM screen there too. I often look at myself. Right. Okay. Ooh. Oh, ooh, oh. Four, four successes. Oh, oh. Fancy that. Cool. So, let's see. So okay. that's, oh. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, so suddenly with four, you have something to say? Okay. <laughs> suddenly, yes. I've been so <laughs> quiet this whole time. Um, <laughs> so with four successes, what do I remember about Sister Bliss? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I, am I Well, am I just making things up or uh, do you want to give me like four things I know about her? <laughs> four, four quick things you should know about Sister Bliss. <laughs> Little listicle article, you know. <laughs> With a gif attached to each one. Uh-huh, exactly. Um, no, I'm going to say that there's three things that you know. Okay. And this is collaborative. Sure, of course. You're helping me tell the story. That's fine. So whatever details you, I can fit it in. Okay, all right. <laughs> so to speak. Mm. Um, so what do I know about? So so you've established that she shows up at these Don Sebastian parties and other parties. Yes. And I've always found her a bit creepy. Yeah. And she always wears a nun's habit. She does. So it's we know these definitely things. Roman Catholic. I mean, she reminds you of like the nuns that you'd see around <sighs> yeah. Mexico and stuff. Right, right. It's weird. Okay. Sister Mary Joseph and that kind of thing. Uh, sure. <laughs> All right. So, um, 
what I know about her. Let's say, how about if I give you like a generic thing and then you can fill in the yeah, details. Uh-huh. So I I know her neighborhood, right? Like I know where she's normally, her domain. Let's put it that way. I know her domain. I don't necessarily know where her haven is. Yeah, so her domain mostly is in the hills. Like the Hollywood Hills? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, good, good. That's good information. Hollywood Hills. Yeah. I have an approximate idea of her age and roughly her generation. You can tell that she is very old. Mm-hmm. You know. Well old. Yeah, and but she doesn't look old. Sure, sure. Her face is kind but of she's weird. She's been around for ages, a while. But you can tell... Based on other elders you've been around, she gives off that same sort of energy. Oh, almost an elder. Yeah. Or is she an elder? Okay. So, elder, question mark. Mm-hmm. Okay, so probably a higher generation than me. Mm-hmm. And, which is not good, because then I can't use my dominate on her. She might be, but she's given off that energy. I'm not going to bank on it. I'm not going to bank right. on that I can use my, my right. dominate right. on her. Right. Um. One last thing is... Let's see, what would be good to know? Um, how about how about I've seen one one of her disciplines in action? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's uh let's get into that really quickly here. It feels very powered by the apocalypse. Choose three. <laughs> Choose three things you know about. Uh-huh. Um Okay. Okay. So you have seen on a couple occasions that you've seen that when some vampires, like some canines, have kind of gotten into a frenzy state, mm-hmm. that she's been able to basically calm them down enough where they're no longer in a frenzy. Mm. So they've gotten into a really hyper frenzied state. Like at one of these parties. Yeah. And okay. then she was seeing that things were kind of getting out of control or she wanted to, she would like take them away. Right. <laughs> but before she would take them away, she would like calm them down where basically it's like they were no longer in a frenzy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that doesn't seem like a bad thing at all. <laughs> but I will say that usually during those situations, like she would take them, you would see them take, she would see you. You would see them take the the canine away, mm-hmm. and you never saw that canine again. Sure, sure, yeah. Like ever again. Like right. you never saw them again. Right. right. At the party, mm-hmm. at a different party, just hanging out. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, she does creep me out. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay, cool. So, there we go. And this party's at 10. Mm-hmm. And it's at the Biltmore. Mm-hmm. Where's that again? It's in Beverly Hills. All right, I guess I'll, um, I'm supposed to come as I am. So mm-hmm. I guess, uh, what about what time is it then? So you check the clock. You have a wall clock, I guess. Sure. Yeah, ticking away. Mm-hmm. Or a pocket watch or a watch or something. Or... 
you know, I've got I've got a little uh, watch on a on a fob actually. Okay, so you check that, and mm-hmm. it says nine forty five. Nine forty five. I guess I'll be fashionably late. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. <laughs> what time does the sun set around here anyway? <laughs> it's a seven fifteen. Seven fifteen. Perfect. Seven fifteen. So that gives me some time then. Uh, is there anything I'm going to do with that time? That's the thing. Hmm. Let's see here. Your phone rings. Oh, shit. All right. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> really? Yes. Lucky it's... It's the pharmacist. Dr. Carruthers. Carruthers? Yeah. This is different from the doctor, though. Of course, but he's a pharmacist. Doesn't mean he's a doctor. Or she. He or she. All right, fine. Mr. Carruthers. Okay. Hey, so I just, I wanted to um, check in on you to see if everything was okay with the supply I gave you last night. Yeah, perfectly fine. Why? Hmm. You didn't feel any different? I don't think so. Hmm. So you're thinking back on, like, how it was going and the fact that, like, Lorraine, like, walked away, like, giggling seemed different than how she usually is. Yeah. You didn't feel any different, he asks again. Did I? I don't know. Did you? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, there was just something really, I don't know. I've just gotten some strange complaints about this past uh, supply or past batch. And people are kind of reacting weirdly to it. Oh, yeah? Like in what way? Well, it's a little less sedating than... It's a little less sedating than it should be. It's causing more of a... Just a response that is a little bit... It's weaker, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Oh, all right. Well, well... Okay. Um... Interesting. So how many like vials do I have left or He just fully supplied you. Damn it. You just want to keep that in mind. I'm just telling you. I I mean I don't know, you know, I again our arrangement is that I will just give this to you and Certainly, certainly, yes, of course. But I just wanted you to be aware in case you had any sort of complaints or problems. That's good to know, and I'll I'll keep that in mind. All right. Hang up. Yeah. I will call the nightclub. Okay. Ask for Lorraine. She's not here tonight, buddy. Listen, do you have like a uh, personal number or address? Mm, no. Yeah, well, thanks for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but you do know that she lives above the club. Oh, okay. But, you know, I mean, if somebody calls and asks for, like, you know, they're not sure, gonna, sure, you sure. know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I think I'll um, I'll head over to the nightclub first. Okay. And, um, yeah, I'm just looking at Chameleon again here. 
You spend so much time altering your mannerisms and appearance that your own sire may not even recognize you. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's tricky. Yeah. Regain a point of willpower whenever you fool someone into thinking you're someone else for your own benefit. Hmm. Okay. All right, so you go. You get to the Black Dove. Black Dove, all right. Mm-hmm. Cool. And the usual guy's up at the front, you know, allowing people in. Okay. So he knows me. Mm-hmm. Hey, Lucky. Lorraine ain't here tonight. That's fine, that's fine. I'm just um, coming by on a different different call, different reason. Hmm. All right, head on in. Okay, so now I have to sneak my way into the back so that I can get upstairs, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see here. I've got stealth. Mm-hmm. I have dexterity. Yep. I'm going to roll stealth and dexterity. All right. I... Hmm? Stealth and dex. Yep. I'm, um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Do you, when you do your chameleon stuff, is that like appearance? Like, oh. are you trying to be chameleon-like? Or are you just like, hey, I'm lucky and I'm walking around? <laughs> hey, I'm lucky I'm walking around. <laughs> Independent and shelf-reliant. You carefully study the behavior and mannerisms of everyone you come into contact with so you can pass yourself off as someone else later. You spend so much time altering your mannerisms and appearance that your own sire may not even recognize you. Spies, spies, con artists, drag queens, and imposters best represent the chameleon. So yeah, I think what I'll do, what this is kind of reflecting is like, I'll as, as soon as I pass into the club, I will alter my posture and, you know, my, my gait, mm-hmm. you know, and um, like not walk out into the, you know, a bright overhead light, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like just not appear the way I normally do. Okay. So that somebody seeing me out of the corner of their eye would not recognize me. Well, since I'm kind of a regular. Who knows? Somebody else, right? Okay. So I'm just kind of like impersonating some person I might have seen the other night, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Well, what would that person be? You gotta be specific. Oh, just some, you know, I don't know, like some anonymous loser, basically. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is just kind of like slumpy posture. Mm-hmm. Or... Exactly. Right. Uh, I'm also going to burn two blood points. Oh. To boost my pool a little bit. Oh. Because I only have three dice in that pool. All right. And what would be my difficulty? Difficulty is, let's see here. This can be a six. Oh, man, I'm on fire. Ooh. Four successes. All right. So, yeah, so you just, like, kind of slide into the club. You know, you easily got in because they recognized you. Mm-hmm. And then you suddenly, your your shift, you know, your gait changes, your posture changes, and you're kind of, like, look like this, like, older person who's just kind of walking very deliberately. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Through um, the club. Uh-huh. As you head toward where you know the stage door is, like the little backstage door area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and nobody's really paying much attention to you. Okay. Good. So I'll just pass on through. Okay. So there's like shuffling of people. There's just like people are, are getting ready to, you know, whatever acts are going on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a variety of performers. It's mm-hmm. like burlesque to vaudeville, vaudeville mm-hmm. to like different people. So 
some people recognize you though, and they're like, "Hey, Lucky, what, what are you doing here?" Right, because like at that point, I'll have you know mm-hmm. dropped the act basically. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you will, or did you want to maintain it? Well, I mean, with four successes, if I wanted to maintain it, I don't know if people would necessarily recognize. No, they me wouldn't. Or not. So, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, but uh, I was actually kind of planning to drop it. Anyway, oh, you were so, okay. Yeah. All right, <laughs> it's all good. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'll just uh, I'll just give a little friendly wave, like. Yeah, but <laughs> right. not actually answer the right, question. Right, right, right. So but, you know that there's a door at the end of the hall that kind of leads up to the residences upstairs. Okay. Do I know what particular apartment she lives in? Have you gone up there to do your thing? Probably, with her? yeah. Okay, then you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. That's number three. Okay, so up the stairs I go. Mm-hmm. They're probably overly steep carpeted stairs. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stucco uh, plaster walls mm-hmm. and that so, kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. All right, so I get to the uh, number three and I give it a little knock. You don't hear anything. Hey, uh, Lorraine, it's Lucky. There's still no response. No, nope. I'll try the, the doorknob. It opens. I'll head in. Okay. You head in and. You smell blood. Hmm. The hell. All right. You see, uh, like I'm looking around. Yeah. You, then on the floor, you're seeing just like a trail of blood. Okay, I'll follow the trail. And it goes. It's just like a one. Like there's like a small little bedroom and a small. It's a very small little cramped quarters. Mm-hmm. But as you turn the corner to go into the bedroom, you just see more blood, and you see a body. Face down in the mattress. Hmm. Bed clothes are rumpled up around. The window's open. The curtain's fluttering in the breeze. And you hear traffic coming up from the street. And that's Lorraine's body on the bed. And there's blood by her neck. And she's laying face down on the mattress. All right. I'm going to go over and check. Check the source of the blood. Yeah. So you do you, you you put to pull um move her body over. Mm-hmm. You like to see her from the front. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you see her face and it's contorted in pain, and her where you had bitten her is completely open. It looks ghastly. You've never really? I don't know. Have you seen like how your bite looks when you don't heal it? Oh yeah, because I I would have done the morphine thing as a response to that, no doubt, you know. So you see how ghastly the... And it's definitely mm-hmm. your bite wound. Jeez. And it's definitely open. You could have sworn you closed it, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not closed. So you said you said she was giggling and walking away, leaving mm-hmm. the vehicle, and you mm-hmm. drove off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you What do you think? Mm, I don't like you. <laughs> you know, like you know, like you. <laughs> All right, so, um, interesting. And she's cold, mm-hmm. her face is just horror stricken, pain in pain. I'll check the um, track mark on her arm. Mm-hmm. That's as visible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Okay. I'm a necromancer. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing. All right. 
yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, oh, I'm a necromancer. necromancer. <laughs> if only there was a way I could talk to the dead. <laughs> Oopsie boopsie. <laughs> okay, let's no. see here. All right, so let's review here. I have Witness of Death, mm-hmm. which allows me... A necromancer sees ghosts as translucent phantoms gliding among the living and hears their whispers and moans. She feels the spectral cold of their touch, smells their musty hint of decay, yet one cannot mistake the dead for the living as they lack true substance and appear dimmer and less real than creatures of flesh and blood. When a vampire uses this power, her eyes flicker with pale blue fire that only the dead can see. Mm. Ghosts resent being spied upon, and more powerful <laughs> shades may use their own powers to inflict their displeasure on the incautious. And then I have Summon Soul. Power of Summon Soul allows a necromancer to call a ghost back from the underworld for conversational purposes only. <laughs> As opposed to what? Uh, in order in order to perform... I gotta bang that ghost. <laughs> ghost BJ. In order to <laughs> perform this feat, and indeed most of the feats in this path, a vampire must meet certain conditions. Necromancer must know the name of the wraith in question, though an image of the wraith obtained in other ways. Oh, see, it does mention aspects here. Maybe that's where that lodged in your brain. Maybe. Um, an object with which a wraith had some contact in life must be in the vicinity, though it need not be something of significant importance to ghost living consciousness. A piece of the ghost corpse works well for this purpose and even provides a minus one difficulty modifier. Certain types of ghosts cannot be summoned with this power. Vampires who achieve Golconda, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. So, but I think what I'll do first is a little ritual. Oh, okay. Called insight. Oh, right. I want to see the last moments. That's right. So I will, I'm looking down at her face, so I will pull her eyelid up and I'll oh. stare into her unseen. Oh, her eyes are open. Oh, they're open. Oh, even better. Yeah. They're kind of like dull. So with a, with a habitual, a, a sigh out of habit rather than out of, you know. <laughs> remorse. <laughs> remorse or anything else. <laughs> I will have a seat on her squeaky mattress mm-hmm. and I will stare down into her vacant eyes and um, All right. I'm going to roll. Okay. What's this difficulty? The number of successes determines mm. clarity of the vision. Okay, right. So let's see here. Um, intelligence plus occult. Difficulty three plus the level of the ritual. So it would be difficulty four. Mm-hmm. It's pretty decent. Intelligence, and then I have three in occult. Okay. I've been rolling a lot of five dice pools tonight. Yeah. Uh, that would be four. Five successes. Wow. So I get full sensory sensory perception of the hour leading up to the target's death. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So you look into her cold, dead eyes Mm -hmm. and you are transported into her, this completely other space. Mm -hmm. It's like you're kind of in another room all of Mm -hmm. a sudden and you're seeing... Mm things play out in the way that actually it's interesting because before when you were doing this, you kind of saw it a certain way, but then with the advent of movies <laughs> and having watched movies, you're like, Whoa, that's very similar to like what I see when oh, I kind okay. of tap into somebody. Oh, interesting. Um, like it kind of, so unf- it's like I'm the camera. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So you're like, Huh? like that's weird. That must've been a surreal experience for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see Lorraine, leaving the vehicle she's stumbling out and she's not laughing Mm. she's like crying and whimpering and trying to control 
the bleeding. Mm-hmm. It can't stop. It's not stopping. Mm-hmm. And she's shuffling through and bursts through the nightclub, which is very much still mm-hmm. active. Mm-hmm. She goes through the path you took, shambles up the stairs, and is panicked and is scared, but is fumbling with her key to her door. Mm-hmm. Unlocks it, closes the door, and just stumbles around the apartment, not knowing what to do. She's panicked, but then she's slowing down. Mm. The blood just keeps coming, Mm. and she just collapses onto the bed. And just her breath gets more shallow, Mm -hmm. and she's crying in pain. Mm. And that's it. Okay, so since I get the whole hour prior to that, I assume most of it would have been like her performing and stuff, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. All right. What about? So and then we get to the I show up and mm-hmm. then we go out to the car and then it's like, ooh, look at what I brought, you know, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And then the the actual deed itself. And then when I go in for the bite, do I see myself licking the wound shut? You don't see that. So I didn't lick the wound shut. Shut. You thought you did, though. Right. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. <sighs> what did the pharmacist say? Well, he said that the the morphine has had been having weird effects. So it's uh, could be messing with my perception reality. Okay. You're paying him a visit. Ah, uh, what? <laughs> So, let's see here. Okay, so now it is time. (laughs) What? Presumably that all happens in real time, so I've been sitting Uh there for an hour. Yeah. So now it is time to call her up. Call who? Oh, call her up. Summon Mm. her. Okay. All right, right, so I have to spend a blood point. How many blood points? Dude. You know I started out with a full tank. Well, yeah, but... Spend a bullet point. Roll manipulation plus occult. Ha ha ha. All right. That is six dice. Mm-hmm. Difficulty equal to seven. Or the ghost's willpower, whichever is higher. Okay. Um... <laughs> would be unusual for her to have higher than seven, I would think. Yeah. No, I'm going to say five. Yeah. Weak. All right. So. <laughs> Rude. Hey, man, she's in a vampire's herd and, like, comes with the territory. Man, my dice, see, they've been lying dormant for so long. They're like, I want to please you, master. So, <laughs> Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be five successes on that bad boy. <laughs> All right. So what is your ritual? Oh, actually, yeah, it was it, uh, difficulty six, actually, because I'm, I'm with her corpse. But mm. still, just five. Um, so the vampire must know the name of the ghost, have on hand an object... Provided, with, provided that the target has died and become a ghost. Success means the shade appears before the necromancer as described above. Not everyone becomes a ghost. It requires a strong will to pers- persevere in the face of death and souls that have found peace pass on to their eternal rewards. Moreover, it is possible for the dead to suffer spiritual dissolution and destruction after they become ghosts. The storyteller should consider all these factors when deciding whether a particular ghost exists for a vampire to summon. Vampires know if their summons should have, should have succeeded by a feeling of sudden terrifying descent as they reach too far into the great beyond, so this power can be used to determine whether a soul has endured beyond death. While a failure means the vampire wastes blood, a botch calls a spirit other than the one sought, 
usually a malevolent ghost known as a specter. Such a fiend torments the one who summoned it with every wicked power at his disposal. Fun. Once a ghost is summoned, it may not deliberately move out of sight of the vampire, though it can take any other actions, including direct attack. The vampire's player may spend a willpower point to dismiss the ghost at any time, unless he rolled a botch. Otherwise, at the end of the scene, shadows engulf the spirit once more and return it to its original location. That was very fast, what you read. All right, so... No, no, no. <laughs> did you get it? I guess so, okay. yeah. All right. So you summon. So what's the ritual? What do you do? Like, action-wise, what do you do? I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Okay. I have to have an object. I have to have a name. All right, fine. So I will, I will hold her hand in this case. Mm-hmm. I'll take her hand in mine. Mm-hmm. Close my eyes. Concentrate, and mm-hmm. you know, just basically begin intoning her name like a like a spirit medium. Lorraine, Lorraine, are you there? Answer me, Lorraine. I compel you to appear before me. Mm-hmm. Answer my summons. Mm. so you hear this like you basically hear it's like the volume is really low and then it turns up very high Mm. it's very loud Mm. it's like you pulled her out of a a room full of people Mm. and outside the door and so you hear like this hum of just (laughs) all of these other voices right and her voice kind of comes through and you see, like, the in the room, suddenly there's, like, this pale blue, like, light, light blue silhouette mm-hmm. of her. Mm-hmm. And her eyes are white. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see her mouth moving. And it's like her mouth is moving, but the words are not being formed by her mouth. Mm-hmm. Right. It's very strange. Right. And she says, who is this? Who, who are you? I am lucky. I found your body here. Why did you do this to me? I'm sorry. I I didn't know it would happen. What what did it feel like? It was just pain. I'm I'm still in pain. I'm still in pain now. It's it's horrible. Get me out of here. I'm sorry. I can't. And like she screams. Well, PowerPoint. <laughs> yep. Bye-bye. <laughs> Dismissed. Mm. All right. Her scream is echoing in your ears. Mm. Do you let her go? Yeah. And she's just screaming. It's hor- It's horrible. It's the screams that you remember from the first night of when you were embraced. Mm-hmm. All right. So banish. Go away. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> I spent a willpower point. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. But what do you actually do? Oh, I just, it, it's just a, it's just a simple hand wave. You okay. Know, okay. You cut the cord basically. Okay. And it just, it just fades away. Yeah. Well, it's like, it gets, uh, like I said here, it gets engulfed in shadows. Yeah. So it goes back into the shadows of the room. Right. Basically. Right. Right. And the curtains fluttering and the, she has like, it was like this like pane of glass that like would open out mm. and it starts, it just like flaps against the, mm. the wall outside. Yeah. Yeah breaking one of the panes of glass inside of it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of that window, I will take a peek out. Is there a fire escape? Nope. <laughs> yeah. I'm up on the second floor. Yep. Any drain pipes I can climb down? 
Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's flat. Good, good. Good, 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 good. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I will just lower myself out the window. Okay. Is it facing on like an alley or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just lower myself as far as I can and then just drop the rest of the way. Right. It's a very cheap, like cheap, cheap housing. Yeah. Like yeah. It's not very yeah. safe. No. All right. <laughs> I will set the room on fire and then I will. <laughs> so you leave. Yeah. Okay. And um, so your feet hit the ground in the alley, splashing mm-hmm. in some water. Mm-hmm. I hope it's water. Mm, yeah, well. And uh, Oh, where, my shoelace was untied. Where do you go? <laughs> where do you go? All right. So That's your car. Yeah, I'll kind of gather my gather myself and how are you feeling? straighten my tie. Yeah, how are you feeling? Not great. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Next destination is the pharmacy. I take it it's a night pharmacy. That's why I picked this guy. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely he works he works late. Mm-hmm. Mr. Crothers works late. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, yeah, so he has a little. Um, you see the outside of the pharmacy. It's a couple blocks away. Yeah, and um, it's basically like like a mint green exterior painted mint green. Classic. The glass is frosted. It mm-hmm. has like the mortar and pestle like mm-hmm. pharmacy symbol on it and it's um i don't know bunker hill pharmacy sure yeah and uh there's a back door that he usually that's where they get deliveries and stuff like that and that's usually where you access him so how did your relationship start oh um i was looking for a night pharmacist Mm -hmm. and initially it was just me dominating him right (laughs) into giving me uh morphine Mm mm-hmm but, you know, that kind of eventually turned into a cordial relationship, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, maybe, like, it was a little quid pro quo after mm-hmm. a little while, you know, or it was like, I'll do a favor for you if you let me take mm-hmm. this morphine, no questions asked kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know. So, okay. yeah. yeah. So you've done a couple things for him. Yeah. You know, he found out it was a private eye, so he's like, hey, could you, you know, follow my wife around or whatever? You and know? she was she wasn't doing anything. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was yeah. totally benign. Right. Turns out she's just a member of a ladies' sewing circle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't want to tell you. Right. <laughs> Very simple th- stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you head to the door, back door? No, actually. I'm oh. going to go in the front this time. It's closed. That's closed? Mm-hmm. Oh, so he just works nights to yeah. mixing and... Mm-hmm. Compounding stuff. Compounding, mm-hmm, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well, in that case, I'll go around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had visions of storming in and, like, dominating a customer and telling them to leave. <laughs> leave now. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I should give you more opportunities to do that kind of stuff. It's yes and. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. All right, so, um, so yeah, I'll head around to the back. Uh, I am going to still storm in, though. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's whatever, everything you just saw. I mean, you can still hear her oh, screams. I probably still have some blood on my hands, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll storm in. Okay. Where is he at? He's just at his table, and he's mixing a solution. And mm-hmm. you know. So I'll just come right up and, like, you know, put my hands down on the desk and be like, I need you to analyze that morphine. Okay, so Mr. Carruthers, he's like a short guy. Mm-hmm. Glasses. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a, just kind of a, you Neb- know. Nebbish. I guess Nebbish-y so. man. Yeah. He's yeah. just kind of quiet and like kind of, mm-hmm. you know, sciencey guy. <laughs> My sciences. 
keep going. So, yeah, he's kind of a short guy, glasses, um, like kind of like a Rick Moranis kind of guy. Oh, sure, yeah. What What are you looking for? I dropped a dice. It's fine. Oh, Doesn't no. Matter. Uh-oh. Wait. Uh-oh. Note to self to find later. Oh. I bounced off my foot. God only knows where I went. I don't know where it is. Okay. Okay. So he's kind of like, oh, startled. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Lucky, what, what's going on? Okay. You know, I did I did experience side effects from that morphine. It messed with my mind. What are Thing, you talking about? Things that I thought I was doing, I wasn't doing. And I was remembering them differently. Okay. I, I There's nothing psychoactive in this in this mixture. So I'll like grab him by the lapels with my blood-stained hands. I'll be like, somebody's dead, Crothers. <laughs> he's he's scared. Yeah. <laughs> so how much of the full force of your like beast beast likeness is coming out? Ooh, um, I think we'll just do a I little mean, self-control. You are, you are a vampire. Yeah, yeah. A little yeah. self-control. Difficulty. Let's see here. Seven. Seven? I'm not hungry or anything. Yeah, but I'm gonna you're... Argue you I'm you going to argue you on this one. You saw a bunch of stuff. You're scared. You're freaking out. Can we do five? Can, <laughs> I, can I bargain you down to five? No, six. All right, fine. <laughs> What's humiliation, just out of curiosity? Um, humiliation... For the frenzy difficulty. Um, smell of blood, sight of blood, being harassed, life-threatening, malicious taunts, physical provocation, taste of blood. Yeah, yeah. Loved one in danger. Outright public humiliation is eight. Public humiliation is eight. Wow. What's the uh, what's the taunts one? Four. Four. Okay. So six sounds reasonable. He's not taunting you. No, he's, he's not. He's legit. Like no, I'm just I'm just problem? trying to remember what the gauge is. Okay. Like where the, yeah. Where yeah, the yeah. extremes okay. are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's two successes. Two. Two. Okay. So I I do. I resist the beast, but okay. um, I think there's maybe a little flash of red in my eyes. Oh, yeah. You know? No, I mean, you pick him up by the lapels. Definitely, right? yeah. And pull feet, him up out of the chair. His feet are dangling. Yeah. And he's... And I'm like, he's, a woman is dead, Carruthers. And he looks... He's like, what the... What? What? Who? So I'll set him down again. I'll say, it doesn't matter. Well, but, I think that matters very much. But if you're handing out this morphine to, to patients, you need to know about this, and I need to know what's going on. Fine, uh, fine. I'll analyze it. I can. It might take like I don't know. I can start it tonight. Yeah, you better. All right, fine. Call me when uh, when you find something out. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No. I'll I'll get it started right now. All right. See that you do, and then I'll like straighten his vest out. Okay. <laughs> give a little pat on the chest. You know. <laughs> and then you just leave. Yep. Ugh. So so as you leave, Ooh, what? I gotta have a trademark whistle. Do you? I do. Oh, okay. You well, know. make it happen then. I, uh, I have a trademark, uh, you know, whistling my trademark tune as I head out the door. And You'll find out. I'll figure it out, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're whistling, you leave, you're walking down the steps. Oh, hmm, mechanical pencil. Interesting. Mm. And then um, <laughs> basically it... Um, you hear the door close behind you pretty br- abruptly yeah. and then locked. Okay. The door is locked. Yeah, yeah. You hear the click, click, click chain. Okay. So then what do you do next? I'll check my pocket watch. What time is it? It's 7.15. It's at 9.15. Okay. Um, no, actually, you spent an hour doing... Like commune for an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, that's true. I just spent an hour. So it took you at seven thirty. 
I think, okay, it's 9.30. 9.30. Yeah. All right. I will, I will be fashionably late because I'm going to head back to my, my haven. Okay. Wash my hands. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, kind of like reapply my, my brill cream or whatever. Okay. You know, just yeah. kind of get a little straightened up. Mm-hmm. So I'm Do not you have a nicer up. suit to wear? I mean, it's that come as you are. So I don't want to like overdress, you know. But do you, what's your general look when you are in public and with canines and stuff? Do you try to look a little nicer? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, kind of on the sharper end of usual kind of, you know, suit and tie look, you know, nothing fancy though, you know, just maybe tailored, Mm -hmm. but not, yeah, not high end. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you straighten up, get cleaned up and, uh, you're taking your time Mm -hmm. and the phone rings. Oh, pick it up. All you hear is Lorraine scream. (laughs) God damn it. And I'll hang it up. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I'm working on it and then I'll hang up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Mm. So is there anything you do to like um, before you leave, like in terms of preparing your your haven so that when you arrive, you don't have to worry about getting. Like if I needed an emergency, um, you know, last minute jump into the. Mm-hmm. safe spot. Yeah. Do you thing. do anything to prepare before you leave your Haven for the night? <sighs> I think no? I would pull the shades down at least mm-hmm. just so that it wouldn't be completely flooded with sunlight. Right. In the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. But other than that, no, I leave my, I leave the sleeping bed locked so that people can't fuck with it if I'm not there mm-hmm. and, uh, and lock my door. Okay. I always keep the, um, transom window shut too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, so you leave mm-hmm. and drive over to the hotel. Oh, all, all the windows are nailed shut as well, just for the record. Oh, okay. Just so you know. Okay, that's yeah. helpful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh-huh. All right, so you are driving to the hotel. Okay. Right? Yep. And uh, too many windows open. <laughs> Okay. So, you are driving down the street, and you make it to the hotel. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cars around, mm-hmm. some fancy-looking cars, and you see people on foot, you know, entering the hotel. Mm-hmm. It's pretty busy. It's very newly established, but it's very, very, it's very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see it's like, it's just the biggest hotel that you've probably seen built here in a Mm, while mm -hmm. um it's essentially like outside there's just like it's like um if you look down on it it's like a w shape Mm, so there's like mm, mm. and then there's like like there's this bottom floor all around you know okay right the bottom level and then there's like three Three, buildings and then there's like it goes in and out does that make sense like a w shape yeah 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 um and so you pull up and there's a valet Mm mm-hmm to park your vehicle elsewhere. Sure. And so you head into this hotel. The hotel is like, it's all like gold and terracotta inside, mm. like a light terracotta. Mm. Like, mm. And the ceilings are super ornate, chandeliers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of Spanish and like Roman combined. 
Mm. Um, there's mm. a tile, like a marble floors. Mm-hmm. It's very ornate. There's like the stairs going up to the to the different floors are like have a iron gate across them, oh, but wow. it's open right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's these beautiful. There's this massive bar that you can kind of get a glimpse into as you are walking through the lobby. There's this ginormous like bar. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tons of people in there. You can smell the blood. And um, don't forget it's prohibition. Yeah, you can smell the blood. I know. <laughs> They're drinking fast barilla. That's right. <laughs> it's just a bar area, like. No, I get it. Yeah, the bar was built before prohibition. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So. You're there. Mm-hmm. You've arrived. Okay. The instructions of the invite also said that they would be up on the penthouse suites. Okay. Up at the top. Um, so I probably brought the invite with me. Mm-hmm. So I'll just head to the front desk mm-hmm. and I'll say I'm here for the Dorothy Zabornak no. uh, party. <laughs> Drazzle Sisters. I'm here for the Drazzle Sisters party. Yes. Uh, just You can take the elevator all the way to the top. Okay. I'll head over to the elevator. Okay. Take me to the top, my good man. All right. <laughs> Penthouse suite. So, yeah. So, I think, I think I'm, think i like, affecting this kind of air of, like, you know, hmm, you know, right, right, right. society boy, you know. Right. So, maybe I should have a variety of different costumes. I have to think about that. All right. I'm, I'm still figuring this I character no, out. No, no, so. totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the bellhop's like, right away, sir. And then he... Takes you up to the top. Phone floor. call for Mr. Herman. <laughs> Telephone call for Mr. Herman. But yeah, do perception plus a perception plus alertness. Okay, let me just make a note to myself here. If you Costumes. have alertness. You're lucky I didn't make this character after we watched She-Ra in Double Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should have. <laughs> All right, was that perception plus alertness? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. That's seven dice. And anyway, I mean, yeah, you could start off one way and end up another. Very true. All right, seven dice with my specialty of insightful. I don't know if that would apply or not. Sure. Good. And that is if I roll any tens, they count as two successes? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Difficulty four. Oh. There's my first one of the evening. That's Uh-oh. crazy. All right, so. Oh, you found your other dice. No, I just, oh, oh. I have a lot of dice. Oh. Uh, that would be four successes. Okay. So you definitely, the bellhop's like super friendly. So you're like, yeah, like right away, sir, you know? <laughs> but like he sense like he's freaked out by you. Mm. Like he's, he's nervous. He's fearful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's a very long trip up the elevator <laughs> and you make it to the penthouse floor. Okay. I will uh, I will flip him a nickel on my way out the uh, elevator. Uh, it's like, uh, thanks. Thanks for the ride, kid. Sure, no problem. And he can't close the door fast enough. Yeah. Like, he's kind of shaking a little as he's like pulling the gate across. Yeah. Um, and so you're on this floor and you hear it is loud. There is music. <laughs> and go on. <laughs> Exactly like that. <laughs> there's a band, there's music, there's laughter, but the laughter is like the laughter of the, the damned. damned. <laughs> like, you know vampire laughter. Like, it's like mm. you've been around <laughs> right. to different parties. It's a different sort type. Of soulless. It is, very much so. It's but like Mitch McConnell's laugh. <laughs> I'm running this game 
so that we can have a break. <laughs> I'm running this game of uh, vampires forcing mortals to shoot up morphine so that we can have a break from reality. <laughs> <laughs> so you're hearing the laughter, but you also hear human laughter as well. Mm-hmm. And different, all different types of sounds, chatting, talking, um, etc. Mm-hmm. And so you're making your way to the source of the noise. Mm-hmm. So you see that there's a, um, a main entrance, like a main door that people are kind of going in and out. Mm. And there's, um, there's a, a canine sitting at the, at the entrance mm. and the door is like closed, but you know, and they're sitting on a stool mm-hmm. and you see this person and they're dressed, um, basically half in a woman's dress, half in a man's suit. <laughs> Nice. And one half is one half is um, made up like a woman, the mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. One half of the face is made up like a woman, really beautifully. Mm-hmm. And the other half is like completely black. Oh, wow. Like black makeup, like right, pancake right. makeup right, all right, right, over. Right. Okay. And, um, and you recognize, you've seen this canine before mm. um, with these parties, with these sisters. Oh, okay. And... Um, and they greet you and they say, well, hi, what are you doing here? So I'll, I'll whip out the invitation, holding it up between two fingers. Be like, I got an invite. <laughs> Starts laughing. Says, oh, well, sure. A cutie like you would definitely be invited to something like this. Well, there's just one toll. You just have to give me a kiss and then you can go in. Of course. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so you kiss him. Mm-hmm. All right. And then <sighs> fine, I guess. I can let you in now. And then they open up the door. Okay. And so in you're flooded and inundated with the smell of blood. Mm. There's little lights, like little twinkly lights all around. Can- like no candles. It's all electric. Mm-hmm. Um, you see a dance floor on one of the things at one of the, in one of the rooms and you see there's other adjoining rooms and there's just people. It's like packed with, with canines and with humans. Mm. All sorts, all walks of life. Mm -hmm. You name it, they're there. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. see um, just incredibly rich-looking people in gowns. You see people that are just sort of like wearing just like work clothes. Like like they were just like out, like hanging out like Mm -hmm. at the rail yard. Right. Like (laughs) it's just a variety of people. And there's a table for food. Mm. There's also a mm. bar mm. with alcohol. Of course. <laughs> you see um, that, again, there's people dancing. There's music. It's all types of, like, cacophony, like, stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Laughter, talking. You know, you start to recognize some canines. Mm. So mm-hmm. you do see um, the Drazzle sisters themselves holding court. Okay. You see that they're dressed in these beautiful red gowns. They're identical. They always dress identically. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just stunning, beautifully right. stunning. Have like these beautiful like bob haircut, black, like jet black hair, mm. beautifully made up. Mm-hmm. Um, and their their gestures they mimic each other. So they're mm-hmm. like they're like in tandem, just making the same gestures at the same time, laughing at the same time, at the same jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other times you see that they will talk to other people, but sometimes like when they're holding court, they're just doing everything at the same time. Cool. Um, they're just completely symbiotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are 
part of the Primogen Council. They're the Toreador oh, okay. representatives, okay. if that makes any sense. That makes sense. So, yeah. So, they, you know that they are there. So, there's people there talking to them, asking them favors, etc. So, um, yeah. So, they are there as usual. Mm-hmm. You are seeing, um, again, all different types of people there. Mm-hmm. Suddenly a voice from behind you hear it's like this gravelly rasp, raspy voice. Mm-hmm. And it it says, Lucky. You decided to show up. It's so good to see you. And when you turn around, mm-hmm. um, it's Alonzo Guillen. Oh, okay. He's in a beautifully tailored suit mm-hmm. in all of his ugly Nosferatuness. <laughs> He's also part of part of the council as well. Okay. His teeth are like uh, they're like a barracuda's teeth. Right. Like they're all sharp and pointy from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. His eyes are kind of fish-like. Mm-hmm. His skin is not fun to look at. Right. <laughs> um, his hair, there's no hair. <laughs> his hands are gnarled and kind of webbed. Mm. And so, um, and so he's holding a a glass of what you smell as blood. Mm-hmm. And so he says, eh, so they've outdone themselves again, haven't they? Well, they certainly have. Uh, is there any particular occasion? Nah, they just wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yes. There's a lot here. There's a lot to look at. Yes, indeed there is. Say, you haven't seen uh, Sister Bliss here tonight, have you? Oh, yeah, she's here. She's, uh, mm, let me see. So he's looking around. And it's just like, it's still, I think, maybe, I'm not sure how you feel about being around this particular type of vampire. Mm -hmm. Because you've seen different types. And I don't know how you feel about seeing, like, the really kind of more grotesque, monstrous-looking canines. That's a good question. I think because of my... um, Nature. Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of okay with, you know, different appearances, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's it doesn't bother me. I'm I'm not like xenophobic, and I'm not, mm. um, you know, I'm not I'm not put off by by other you know looks of people just in general, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's just kind of like, eh, you know, we're all we're all vampires here. Mm-hmm. They just they just look on the outside what we look like on the inside. Oh wow, that's so evolved of you. That's very deep. Yeah. It is. Hey, I'm not a complete trash trash can, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so Alonzo takes a swig from his glass. He's like, oh, he's like, yeah, I think I think she might be over. She might be in the other room somewhere. All right. Well, uh, thanks, thanks there. Yeah, uh, yeah, chum. sure, sure. Um, Don Sebastian's been missing you. Oh, has he now? Yeah, he's mentioned you a couple times. So you better. Uh, Better go to his next uh, gathering whenever that happens. Yeah, I'll be sure to do that. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for the tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. I got. I got to go talk to somebody. So he goes off. <laughs> um, you also see um, that the vines are here as well. Yes. Um, Edward and Vera, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, they are looking a little. They always just look kind of awkward, like mm. as much as they are 
talking with folks, et cetera. Mm-hmm. There's just a very awkward air to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you notice how discerning they are with who they choose to spend time with. They're mm-hmm. always spending time with the same people. Um, it's like they're afraid to kind of get out of their little bubble. Mm-hmm. Like they would never talk to you. Right, um, right. But you know about them. No, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Pasadena royalty. Exactly. So they came all the way from Pasadena to this party. All right. So you're making your way through the rooms. Mm-hmm. And so you're seeing um, that Florence is also there. Mm-hmm. She looks at you and nods. I nod in return. And you hear her voice in your head saying, I knew you'd show up. <laughs> and she turns away. Mm. And so you're moving through the room, mm-hmm. different rooms. All right. So as I mentioned, like Sister Bliss has that habit that she wears constantly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And she, it's tonight's no exception. Mm-hmm. So as you're moving your way through, to different there's different groups of people making out some people are playing cards to get like there's just little table set up mm-hmm. like people could just do whatever they want mm-hmm. and sister bliss is sitting alone at one of these little smaller tables mm. and she has a tarot deck in front of her that she's kind of shuffling and hmm. playing with interesting mm-hmm. is there a chair opposite mm-hmm. or you could find one easily I will just take that one and uh, have a seat. She doesn't acknowledge you. She's continuing to shuffle. Telling fortunes tonight, sister? I don't tell fortunes. No, no? Mm-mm. What are the cards for, then? They're to show you who you really are. She's not blinking. She's not looking up at you. And she, her fingers are unnaturally long, mm-hmm. white, yeah, with these very long red nails. Oh. And like the, as you, you've never been this close to her. Yeah. So the habit you see is like kind of hanging off of her. Like she's much thinner than, uh, than what you would think. Yeah. It's very loosely hanging on her. Mm. It's a couple of wisps of like white hair mm-hmm. coming out like matching her skin Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and her, when she does eventually look up at you, her eyes are very red, Mm. like brown and red, red rimmed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Her mouth looks like a gash, Mm. but it's not lipstick or anything. It's just like naturally. Maybe she's born with it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. So I'll say, uh, I care to deal a few cards out. For a poor schlub like like myself. Oh, sure, of course. So she starts to shuffle the cards in a very, like, it's like the cards are sort of like floating almost in Mm. terms of the way that she's like shuffling them with these really long fingers. Mm. She kind of spreads them over the table, gathers them up again, shuffles them some more. Mm -hmm. And she starts to, she turns out three cards. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And so she's like tapping each one with her finger. Mm. So you see a reverse ten of cups. You see the devil reversed. Mm. And the third card is the empress. Mm. And so she looks up at you. What do you see? 
the devil. That can't be good. And she just sort of smiles. Says, well, that's the... That would be a peasant's answer. Are you really not that far removed from all of this riffraff? I come from simple origins. I'm a simple man. I can tell. What else do you see? Reading me for film. <laughs> what else do you see? <laughs> well, the Empress, what's that all about? Hmm. It's a reflection of the divine feminine. So whatever you are will be reflected back to you in female form. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Sooner than you think. But it'll end poorly. And so she wipes the cards away. Mm, I'm just looking at the Ten of Cups here. Mm-hmm. It's reversed. Okay. Oh, okay. It's like a rainbow of cups. Mm-hmm. Reversed. That's not good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she sweeps them away. Mm-hmm. And I uh, say, well, do you have anything else to tell me? So she kind of looks confused. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have any business with you, Cesar. Of course. Maybe I'll be seeing you around. I get up. Do a little phantom hat tip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make my way back into the crowd. So when you turn, mm-hmm. in the doorway is the most beautiful woman you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't... You've seen many women. Yeah. <laughs> you've been around many women. Yeah. And you are completely... This is like this surpasses the memory of Paloma because I can guarantee you that the memory probably looks better than the reality of Paloma. Mm-hmm. And at this point in time, who knows what Paloma looks like, mm. really? Well, <laughs> try not to think about it, really. <laughs> this is a, um, she's very pale, mm. which is typical. Mm-hmm. She's wearing all black, and her face is this perfect little upside down heart. These big brown eyes. And her hair is very long, but you can tell that she's pinned it up to look like a bob. Yeah, right. Um, and she has these like barrettes in her hair that are like sparkling green, like emeralds. Mm. And she's wearing kind of the more classical kind of flapper outfit. Mm. Um but it has like long sleeves. Okay. And she's wearing another like necklace of like emeralds, mm. like sparkling green. Mm-hmm. And her hair is like finger waved very beautifully, dark, dark brown hair. Okay. And um, red lipstick, like blood red. And uh, she's just staring at you mm. from across the room. Does what she do look you? particularly innocent? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. I, get, I do get a re-roll for my luck, uh, Mary. I know you do. Oh, Jesus Christ. She looks innocent. Good. That's good. All right. Two successes. Okay. So you feel... How does that feel? So I feel like... Is, I don't encounter this all the time, especially not here in the City of Angels. But... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> or should I say the City of Devils? Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I do... I, I'm sure I've encountered it time to time in the past. So it's kind of a familiar feeling of like emotion, like actual emotions welling up, you know, mm. my, my shriveled little heart almost 
skips a beat. <laughs> and right. um, and I just I feel very um, like uh, just this this potpourri of different of different emotions. You know, anger, uh, fear, oh. mm-hmm. lust, mm-hmm. Um, uh, just general desire to like mm-hmm. be next to this person be near this person mm-hmm. you know and so i have to like close my eyes and like pinch the bridge of my nose mm-hmm. you know regain my composure and then open my eyes again she's still there staring at you i will uh, float over as if on casters <laughs> uh-huh. i'll come up to her i'll say um Don't believe I've seen you around here before, stranger. Oh, I've seen you. I already know you. Do you now? Mm Mm-hmm. Who am I? Well, this time you're lucky. I am indeed if I met you tonight. So she kind of laughs and says, Yes. I thought it was time for me to make an appearance. Oh, very well. Have you met our hosts? Oh, yes, I know them very well. Oh, do you now? Mm-hmm. Well, I must admit I'm caught a bit flat-footed by all this. I thought I knew all the canites in town. Not all of them. All right. Sorry. And so she extends her hand to you and says, I'm Catalina Ibarra. Ooh, Catalina. I like it. Ibarra? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ibarra. How do you spell it? I-B-E-R-R-A. I-B-E. Okay. R-R-A. Mm-hmm. Am I going to get a little handout with the uh, character portraits and yeah, stuff? Yeah, I got to work on that. Okay. Um, okay. So if you want. Um, all right. So you get one point at the end of a chapter or at the end of a chapter. Okay. Got it. Um, what have you learned? Oh, gosh. Well, uh, let's see. I've learned that... Um, this morphine addiction might have a downside. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> I've learned that I don't know every canite in the city like I thought I did. True, true. All right, you get a point for that. Okay. Um, you definitely played your character very well. Oh, you thank did you. very well, entertainingly and appropriately. Thank you. But um, you did great. Excellent. Um, and then heroism, there really wasn't anything to no, do there. That's really, that's going to be rare, few yeah. and far between. But I'm going to give you a second point for role playing since what? you're getting to know this character Aww. and you are, you know, you. you're getting into it and you're developing ideas. So I think that's really good. And yeah, that's that's where we will leave it. All right. Well, right off the bat, I'm going to spend those four oh, points. Oh, shit. What the fuck? Yeah, this is how you power level. You need a you so, need a herd member too. You need a herd I member. I do. Well, that that I should get back automatically. Yeah, you will. No, no, no. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying you should think about. Oh um, right, who the next one will be? Anyway, I am buying up another point of willpower because I just I don't like having four willpower. That's it's really pretty, a lot. Not very much. So good. It's all those years as a ghoul, you know. Kind of, <laughs> right. Kind of wore down my willpower. <laughs> so. Well, I would imagine so. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Cool. Well, thanks for the game. Thank you. You did an excellent job, wow. and I cannot wait to do more. We will. All we right. Will very soon. Good. All right. All right.